Spend some time, and and uh, you know now we're uh, you know just kind of thought it's best is give uh, give Gino the start, and and uh, you know I'll back him up. I'll be a good teammate. You know I don't like it, but uh, for football you handle it, and uh, I didn't do my job. You said you don't like it, but didn't he say you also had the right to say, look, I want to start? Yeah, I mean I just didn't think that's uh, hey, you start knowing you're gonna come out of the game. Um, you know, to keep a streak alive, maybe. That's not that's not what it's about. You know, to, to you know, it's not it's not a preseason game where hey, you're gonna play a you know start to the half. What's the next week? A quarter, a series. That's not uh, that's, that's not that's not fair. It's not fair to me. Not fair to Gino. That's not how you how you play. You know, you play to win. When you name this, you know, quarterback, starting quarterback, you think it's your job to go. Go win the football game, and you know you're just gonna play a little bit. I didn't want to, didn't want to, you know, I didn't feel that was the right way to play. All right, welcome to Off Topic. My name is Randy Zell, along with Anthony Zarita, Ryan Mork, and that was Eli Manning on Tuesday. Very emotional, Eli Manning, who found out that his uh, his season might be over here with the New York Giants. And uh, gentlemen, I welcome you. I guess I don't want to say on a somber day. That's not the best way to start this show because we, you know, we spend two hours a week to try to entertain everyone and have a good time. But uh, off topic is usually a, a show where we sort of make fun of the sports news. We have a lot of fun. We try to be different. We try to give a different type of view. And there's a lot of different ways to go with this, especially since you know, Ryan, you've been around the Giants a little bit. Anthony, you're starting your journalism career, and I've been doing this for a little bit, a little bit of time, and. Uh, for for a majority of my adult life, as far as being in this industry, there's like two things that I've always learned that that were gonna be staples in this whole entire thing. One, I got to pay my taxes, and two, Eli Manning was the quarterback of the New York Giants. And uh, for Ryan, you know, th- this is almost like for you is like when Derek Jeter stepped away. You know, it's like you knew this is what you knew. Like I was a, a Giant fan before all this, before Eli. But you really started paying attention, and you had the opportunity to watch him grow from a rookie into a man and into a Super Bowl champion. And now it seems like those days are done, and and everyone seems to be going their separate ways. So with that being said, I welcome in Anthony Zarita and Ryan Mork. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? All awesome. Right. All right, awesome. So that was Eli Manning. Uh, I don't know if you guys had heard the audio. Um, I guess we'll go around the room real quick to start and see where we go before we do that. Uh, the show this week brought to you by our good friends over at Level 1 Games in Pompton Plains, New Jersey. Check them out. They have all the retro video games. Take your game to the next level and relive your past with all the different Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, Atari, and Magic the, Ca- the Gathering card game as well, Pokemon. They have everything over on Route 23. Go to level1games.com now for more information. Okay, Ryan, we'll start with you. Your reaction to Eli Manning on uh, with the news and what he had to say on Tuesday. It, it's there are there are three reactions in my opinion. There is the giant fan reaction where you cannot believe that Eli Manning is benched. There's the business aspect of it where you look at it as the Giants are tanking. The Giants are trying to look at other quarterbacks. Uh, those are really the only the only visions that I see. I mean, uh, one of them is kind of open minded, and the other one's almost blind, but. At the end of the day, 
see what you said it, Randy. It's almost like me with Dar- I mean, I remember the days of Jason Seahorn and Jim Fossil and Kerry Collins as as the quarterback. So it's a little bit different. Whereas I, I kind of remember the days where it wasn't Eli, but at the same time, two hundred ten straight games, two hundred twenty two, if you include the playoffs. So when you and then you hear the name Geno Smith. That's the right. start. And I think that's part of the argument we'll go over in a few minutes, but you know, more of just about the reaction about um, just more about the reaction of the news that was broke. Anthony, what what was your opinion of it? It kind of reminded me of like when Tom Coughlin was fired and no one else was, and you're kind of saying like, "Oh, so it's pretty clear that they thought it was Tom Coughlin's fault." It's kind of just like, so this whole season goes on and then someone you're going to bench is Eli Manning. And the only reason it would make sense if they if the Davis Webb would play every because what do you have in Geno Smith? You know he stunk up the joint with the Jets, and now he's their backup quarterback because you know you just thought it would be a good decision. Fine, but like now you're gonna just start him over Eli just just cause just because you want to see like that's, there's no point in that. Like I was, it's it's ridiculous that they had to do it like that. And for Geno Smith, like that's that that's what makes that's just rub salt in the wound. <laughs> like Geno Smith, not even Davis Webb. Like let's give this kid a shot. The season's over. It's we're benching the probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback in our franchise, a franchise icon, seemingly for no reason, for Geno Smith. And what doesn't help either is that we talked about this before the show. Ben McAdoo is he doesn't mean it, but he's making it sound like Geno Smith is the guy. Geno Smith is the answer. We're going to win because of Geno Smith. Eli's why we're to and we all know the re- we all know Ben McAdoo has thrown Eli under the bus plenty of times this year, and the way that he's been treating Eli Manning as compared to Odell Beckham Jr., who pretended to pee on a field, Eric Flowers, who has continued to be an embarrassment, Eli Apple, who was an embarrassment, Janoris Jenkins, who was an embarrassment, J- even Jonathan Casillas, and I know he's a good friend of the show, but but I saw even a lack of effort from him as well, and I'm, that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but I saw that in the 49ers game from him. It's So, it's a lot more hatred on Ben McAdoo but we said it before, Randy. He just doesn't know how to communicate. I mean, remember the question against the Rams? What did you say to your team at halftime? Uh, and then he didn't. That's the most simple question. You, what did you say to your team? That's the most simple question you can ask. You can literally say, I'd rather keep that private. Fine. He said, um, for six seconds and didn't answer it. So Ben McAdoo obviously has a lack of communication between just about everyone in the locker room at this point. So, the fact that he's unable to really say why it's Geno Smith, that's where the Giant fans come out with their pitchforks and pretty much thrash the guy. But a lot of Giant fans don't understand the real reason why it's happening. Do we agree with the real reason? Geno Smith, you got to get an eye on Geno Smith. We can have a completely different show on on Geno Smith itself. But well, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm it's gonna tough. Th- I'm going to throw a little bit of a different part in there, too, because I, I think it has to be reiterated and I pulled this up. Um, I think I emailed you. Bo- did I email you both the Mara? I got it. Yeah. Okay, Anthony. I thought I thought I sent it to you, and I apologize if you didn't get it. Um, here's a statement from John Mara, who is the owner of the Giants, and he was asked yesterday during the press conference if he was on board for making the change. And here's his answer: I had a conversation with Jerry a week or two ago. That's Jerry Reese about. And I normally don't speak to the coach directly about which players are playing and which players are not. 
I'll have a conversation with Jerry. I mentioned to him a week or two ago, don't you think it's time that we start go- get to look at these other quarterbacks at some point during the games? And he agreed. Said he had already had a conversation with Ben about that. Jerry called me on Monday. I was at a family function in Virginia to tell me that Ben was going to speak to Eli to let him know that he was going to continue to start the game. He's going to start a game on Sunday, but then at some point Gino would come into the game. Tuesday morning, Jerry called me and said that Eli had informed Ben that if you're not going to play Gino in the second half, you might as or if you're going to play Gino in the second half, you may as well just start him. It's not fair to him. It's not fair to me. And I also think it'd be the best decision going forward. He also wanted us to put out a statement announcing that. So that's what we did. Can I ask a question? Sure. How come John Mara, Jerry Reese, and Ben McAdoo aren't talking about this together? Why is it two separate conversations with Jerry Reese and John Mara and Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo? It's not like Steve Tisch is. Steve Tisch doesn't really do anything in terms of the football aspect. John Mara does. And the Mara family has. They've been a football family since 1925. So why is it two separate conversations? I mean, they ultimately agreed to the same concept, but why is that happening? This should have, if this was going to happen, should have happened two or three weeks ago when they were one and six. That part of it I agree with you with. I also look at it now after reading this too. Again, I understand he wanted to take a look at the other quarterbacks. This is mostly meaning Davis Webb. Right. Okay, this has nothing to do with Geno Smith. Geno Smith is catching flack for something he has nothing to do with. Geno, flat, Geno Smith is just going in there and just going to play. Um, the reason, like, I agree with you that Davis Webb should have been starting to get prepped a month ago for this for these opportunities. At least. Because we knew at the end of September that the Giants' season was done. At 0-4 and 0-5, we knew their season was over. I mean, you can't put Davis Webb in at, in September. No, no, you can't do that at all. Um, but what, what, what I have taken from Mara's statements, and, and this is where I think there's a giant misunderstanding, no pun intended, giant misunderstanding, but I think, I'm, and Ryan, you and I had this brief conversation, and Anthony and I have not talked about this whatsoever, but I'm trying to figure out if the outrage is about benching Eli and the way McAdoo is presented both, both to Eli and the media as the Geno Smith. We're benching Eli because Geno Smith gives us the best chance to win. Are the fans more outraged because it's McAdoo making the decision? Well, not the decision, but you know the three of them are making the decision, or Jerry and Ben are making the decision, and they let uh, Mara know later because Mara said he wanted to be there. He was not there, and I think this is one of those situations where the owner has to be in that meeting. Um, or is it just that Eli's getting benched? Wh- which argument is this? Why is there the, this big mass hysteria? And we're going to ask all three of our guests, uh, which is James Cratch at 6.30, Chris Canty at 7 o'clock, Bear Pasco at 7.30. Two of them have the player's mentality. The other one has the media mentality. And just to let everybody know, there's a reason why we didn't get uh, current players on. It's because it's so sensitive of an issue. And right now, all those guys are still playing for their jobs. And if I put them in a situation where they're going to say something they're going to be uncomfortable saying, because Ryan knows me well enough to know that I can push when I need to push. And I don't want to push them into a situation where it's going to hurt them for the rest of the season. So that's why we're not going to have any current players on. So I guess I ask both of you guys, what, where is the, the, the mass hysteria in this? Is it, and would it be easier if they would have said, we're going to Eli Manning for, to Davis Webb? So out of those four scenarios, why, which one is giving the, the mass hysteria at this point? I think it's just Eli being benched. Like, that's just from, from the start. Like, honestly, if he's being benched for anyone, like you said, benching for Davis Webb would make it easier. It'd, ma- it'd make a lot more sense to a lot of people. 
But, I mean, there's no situation in which Eli gets benched and people aren't mad. Like, he deserves to... If anything, I thought he deserved to just finish out the season. Like, just to, or it'd be up to him. And it was up to him in a sense that he just said, you know what, if I'm not going to play the whole game, then just bench me. And, like, that's, you know, that's his choice, quote-unquote. But, like, did, I mean, he didn't really have any other option. Like, that, that's just his pride talking. And that's just Eli and his competitive nature. As, as good of a guy he is, as, like... No matter how many times people take shots at him and he just stays quiet, he still has that competitiveness. And he just, that just said, you know, like, you know if you're not going to, if you're not going to try to win, if you're going to bench me at halftime, then just bench me, like, just bench me to begin with. I want to play devil's advocate, though. I mean, all right, let's say it's Davis Webb. Let's just forget about Geno Smith in general. And let's say it is Davis Webb for these last five games. Every single game from kickoff to the end of the game. Is Davis Webb going to play so well? And let's let's say he does. Let's say Davis Webb, figuratively speaking, plays very well. Is five games from a third-round quarterback going to be the reason why you don't pick a quarterback in the next draft? So let's say that Davis Webb... I mean, everyone is saying the Giants are going to get a quarterback, right? That's, that's almost a given. They're going to get a top three pick. They're going to get Mayfield, Rosen, uh, Darnold, or who's the other guy? Barkley, Al- Barkley right? Oh. Well, Saquon Barkley, the guy yeah. from Penn State. Yeah, yeah. but the, the, the guy Allen from, uh, I can't remember where he's from off the top of my head. But aside the point, like I said, Davis Webb plays well for five games, and then you say, hey, Davis Webb might be the answer, and you don't pick I, a quarterback? I don't, no, I don't no, think you no, go no, that sure. route. I think what's, what's ended up happening is you just want to see – you want to basically do an evaluation of what you have with him. Is it a project? Is it something that, okay, you know, we see there's, there's signs here. Because if they see that there's signs here, they'll keep Eli around for two years, let his contract come up, and then just put Davis Webb in. Right. But the fact that there are so many quarterbacks in this draft. I understand that. But here's, here's their thinking. They feel that if Davis Webb is really going to be the guy that they can put in there when Eli is done, they'll keep Eli for the next two years and put Davis Webb in there when when he's done. And they'll take that draft pick and either go another position with the top couple three picks or they'll take that pick and trade down, get more picks so they can address more of their problems because they have so many issues. Right. So that's their thinking. But here's where I'm having a hard time, okay? And during the transcript, I think you read, they asked him, him they asked Mara about um, McAdoo's job and Reese's job. And I'm going to see if I can find that he pre- He pretty much said... They're, they're gone. He, he said, <laughs> he's pretty much yeah, saying that they're gone. He, he, said, he said no one's doing a good job, and th- okay. that's, the, that's the direct quote right there. That's and the one part I remember. This is the first time he's hearing this. So a question was said, well, and again, we'll get James on the phone in about 15 minutes, and he'll come on and we'll, we'll talk to him because he's been there. He's been in the trenches with all this for the last couple of days. Um, we pretty much asked him. They asked him, are you committing to Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese going forward? And he basically said, I'm not going to address their job status. We obviously have some, option, uh, some decisions to make in the offseason. So when you hear that... Why in the offseason? I understand it's, it's uncommon. Well, here's the thing, and, and I'm going to play. I'm going to go with you on this. If they're saying, we're going to address that in the offseason, we don't make these types of decisions, then why are they doing this deal, I imagine? That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, so again, you have so many different questions, so many different moving parts to this. Because were you here... Did, were either of you guys with me when we broke down the unrestricted free agents for the Giants? I was not. Okay. You're looking at a lot of guys. You don't. You don't have much money coming off that cap. No. Okay. So for a long time. For a long time, you're stuck. Even if you decide to cut Eli, you're still eating money. And you got to pay him six million if you cut him. That's and that's why they're not going to cut him. Right. They're not going to cut him. They're going to try and trade him. 
and you know you might be able to get pieces for him, but you're not going to get ever get the value back. Um, and we we can talk about where he would go and so on and so forth in a few minutes. But if you really look at this situation, you're losing your whole linebacking core, with the exception of B.J. Goodson, because you have Casillas, J.T. Thomas, who hasn't been playing anyway, Kennard, and I think one other, one other name, off the, I, uh, his name slips my brain right now, all gone. They, they, they're all for uh, contracts. You're playing JPP, Olivier Vernon. You, you have to pay Landon Collins. Yeah. You have DRC, who you have his guaranteed money is, is almost done. So he, you can pretty much make a decision where you're going to go with that. You have Jenkins, who's making a lot of money. You have His guaranteed money ends, I think, next year, though. Yeah, next year. So you have another year with Jenkins. Uh, and then you have some decisions to make about your wide receiving core because Odell's going to want to get paid. Brandon Marshall, I think... Well, he's under contract for one more year. Yeah, Brandon Marshall's under contract, and it's one of those things where you can't cut him at this point because you have to eat that whole, that whole contract. Right. So you have a lot of decisions you have to make here. And then if you, let's say, if you draft a quarterback, number one, and you decide to keep Eli, then you have number one draft pick money there, too. So you have a lot of decisions. You paid Red Ellison $4 million a year now for the next three years as well. You know, I personally, if you knew that you were going to go out and sign Red Ellison, you shouldn't have, you, you, let me rephrase that. If you were going out to draft Evan Ingram, you should not have gone out and gotten Red Ellison. I mean, they're two completely different players. Yeah, but, but they're both playing tight end. Right. So, <laughs> so it's two totally, like, you're two totally different types of players, but it's more money that you don't need. Well, to well the, the Giants have always, they have always drafted best player available. They have, ever since Jerry Reese took over, they have not in one draft, maybe except Justin Pugh, they have not had a draft where they went the best player available in a spot that they need. Yeah, that's it's, it. It's, it's that's why they got. I mean, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I questioned the Odell draft. They didn't need a wide receiver at that point. Oh yeah, they had Victor Cruz. They I'm had glad they got him. No, you're glad they got him. But I mean, with the with the, you take his antics for what they are. But well, but that's in terms of skill level. Well, that's the other thing too. So now, now you have to start playing the blame game. You have to start playing the blame game now. Ryan Stern is now joining us. Ryan, welcome. Ryan's the only one who wore the. I Eli have my. Like, you can, if you look at my bag right there, there is the Eli jersey. It's there. Rookie uh, rookie season Eli jersey. That rookie, is a rookie season that, Eli jersey. That's one that Ryan may not have. This Ryan may not. Have. Ryan is. Uh, I used to have that in a Kerry Collins, actually. Yes. Believe it or not, I, I have. Actually, I have the Strahan one like that. I have a Ron Dane one like this too. That's nice. <laughs> That's <laughs> keep in mind there was only two sold. One was to Ron Dane's father, and the other one was to <laughs> <for> Ryan. <laughs> um, so I don't know how much we were able to listen to in the car on the way up, but we were um, we were discussing a little bit of this. We were talking about what Mara said yesterday. We played a clip from Eli um, right as we opened the show, talking about uh, the benching, and then it goes back to some of the things that you and I were talking about too. Of the four things of what it can be of the mass hysteria, is it Eli being B- McAdoo saying Eli's being benched to, for Geno Smith because he's going to give us the best chance to win? Is it more of it just Eli being benched? Uh, would it be easier for if Eli was just being benched for Davis Webb, or is the mass hysteria just because McAdoo's done it? So it brings up uh, just a lot of good questions here. So um, what, what's your opinion? Because you haven't had a chance to that, answer that question yet. Uh, first off, I think it's because the the all of them are definitely in play. Uh, I think the the bullet would be a lot easier to bite if it were Davis Webb that we're starting instead of Geno Smith. 
definitely for the for the giant fans not necessarily for the team but for the giant fans if it were for davis webb it would be just a little easier to take yeah i agree with you on that i agree with you 100 percent on that uh but i i think because of the G- it being for geno smith and because of the way that mcadoo just the way he came off during that press conference both of them right both press conferences his one on tuesday and his one on wednesday yeah and I, I haven't read his transcript from today yet, but I read what he said. He's like, you know, the reporters and like, don't get me wrong, James, James Cratch and Jordan and, and Pat Leonard and all those guys who cover the team on a full time basis. They, they, you know, McAdoo gives everybody a hard time, so they remember everything he says. Right. He remembers everything they say, so they call him back. They said, "Well, listen. Yesterday, you said that Geno Smith's going to give you the best chance to win." And, and McAdoo snapped back at everybody and said, "I did not say that. Don't put words in my mouth." <laughs> you did say that. Right. You absolutely said that. So there's a lot of different moving pieces in this whole entire situation. Do I think Eli Manning could be with the Giants next season? Absolutely. Yeah. Do I think he might be the starting quarterback next season? Absolutely. Do I think Ben McAdoo will be here? I sure as hell hope not. Do I think Jerry Reese is going to be here? He he is the first person with Mac. Actually, I think it's a tie on which people should be kicked out of that door quicker. I think it's going to be... I don't even know the order of it. I think it's going to be McAdoo than Jerry Reese. I think I think if I think Mara will make They're gonna fight for who's holding the door open for who <laughs> on yeah, the way out. I think I think Mara's gonna say, Jerry, I want you to go fire Ben. And then when that's done, I'm firing say, you. I'll fire Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I think Mara's gonna say, How did how'd that go? Oh, he didn't take it well. Well, I don't know how you're gonna take this, but get the get your ass out of here. That's what I think is gonna happen. The the thing that I kind of side with the Giants about, though, and I think this has been a completely underlying fact of it all. Geno Smith did win the backup job. Yeah. So what the Giants don't want, and this is a direct quote from John Mara, it's a word that I can't even say on the air. He said, tanking was BS. So yeah. when you run a business, it's all, I mean, do the Giant fans want to tank at this point? The realistic and logical ones want to. All three of us want the Giants to tank and get a better pick. But you can't tell your because fi- let's face it, majority of fans don't think logically. They don't think tank. They think, hey, let's win and end the season on a good note. Tom Coughlin's last game. I know a lot of people wanted to win in Coughlin's last game. I wanted them to lose. I wanted them to get a better pick. So they can't tell the fans we're gonna go- we're gonna skip the second string and go to our third string. That's why I do side with the Giants a little bit though. No. There, there is a little bit of I- issue that I have with that, and a lot of it is uh, is such a parallel to what happened with the Cowboys last year. They went in with Romo, and who was their backup? It wasn't Dak Prescott. Kellen Moore was their backup, and Dak Prescott was the third string who was going to be inactivated during games because he wasn't ready. That's what that's what's happening with the Giants with uh, with with Geno Smith and with Davis Webb. He played the tail off in that preseason though. Dak last year. The re- right, but the reason why Geno Smith is dressed every week as a backup is because he does have the experience, and because if Eli were to have gotten hurt during a game, right. Geno Smith would have given them the best shot to win that particular game. Do I think that Geno Smith is a more talented quarterback than Davis Webb? Not a chance in hell. We've seen what Geno Smith can do, and it's not very good. He he, he has a 12-18 career record. 
He has a touchdown to interception rate of 30 to 36. Geno Smith is uh, he is who we thought he is. <laughs> I, I think at this point too, you look at what you pretty much look at the situation that Eli's in. Eli was in a no-win situation because when you take away Becca Marshall and Shepard for a majority of the season that he had, right. they haven't been there, you're asking Lewis Jr., Tavares King, Travis uh, Travis Rudolph to be playmakers when they're special team guys. Right. Travis Rudolph, who was on the practice squad. Tavares King, who they cut because they didn't really... They didn't have this an extra spot on the practice squad for another wide receiver, but he was there at their whim when uh, when they needed him because <laughs> he's Tavares King and he wasn't a, a, a really sought after piece, even though it, it, he does seem to have some sort of chemistry well, I mean if you can call that chemistry, but something was there that the Giants saw in him he does have some talent but uh, th- this whole season just it, it just did not I'm go- nothing went right. I'm trying to figure out how it nothing, can get worse. N- nothing went right. No. I, I like nothing. The, should we be happy that JPP didn't blow his other hand off? Like it's, you know, a, it's, it's a, just, let's <laughs> let's see. The Rams week this is embarrassing. How can it get worse? It got worse the next week against the Niners. How can it get worse? It got worse when they didn't even play. <laughs> yeah. Ben McAdoo says, here, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. Well, Let me show you. But let's – I'm, I'm going to do this when James comes on the phone, but we're going to look at the – we're going to basically look at the timeline of everything. Actually, James is joining us now. Let's welcome to the show our good buddy from NJ.com, James Cratch. James, how you doing, my friend? I'm excellent, Randy. How are you? Uh, uh, th- you're using the word "excellent" with the, with the type of week that you have. You know, maybe maybe because you know it's, it's you know it's busy news week. You have Ryan Mork and Ryan Stern here with us too, uh, James. So uh, so nothing's really going on this week, huh? <laughs> no, very very slow day. Uh, just gonna take you a know, very slow week. Just gonna take a little jaunt to Oakland. Uh, nothing of note. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, you were there on Tuesday when the news broke. What? I guess what was the reaction more in the locker room, and also what was your reaction because you're around the team every single day, and you know you've been on this roller coaster with them this season. What was your reaction, and what was more of the locker room reaction as well? All right, I'll start with my reaction. So I was sitting in the press room, and uh, one of my colleagues said, "Oh, expletive! Is this real? This can't be real." And I said, "What?" And he showed me his phone, and then I looked on Twitter, and I saw the Giants. You know, it said a tweet saying Geno Smith was going to be their starting quarterback on Sunday in Oakland. And then like, I, I doubled, like, is this the real Giants account? And, and it was. And then I think pretty soon after, it, I, so I tweeted out, like, you know, this is not a joke, guys. Geno's the quarterback now. And then I think really immediately thereafter, uh, the press release hit. Uh, locker room reaction? I mean, look, I, I wrote this this morning. There's 34 guys on the current 53-man roster uh, that have played – fewer than two full seasons with Eli. Uh, ten rookies, nine guys who weren't even with the Giants in the preseason. So uh, the reaction hasn't been as visceral and emotional and as kind of, you know, angry as I think you've seen from former players because a lot of these guys haven't really played a lot with Eli. And, you know, I think especially for the younger guys, these are just guys who are trying to keep jobs in the NFL. They don't know what the heck's really going on. 
I think a lot of the younger guys don't really see or feel the impact, uh, uh, the gravity of the decision. And I think, honestly, a lot of the veteran guys we realize played with over the years and gone through all these battles, they're on IR or, or they're, they're not with the Giants anymore. So uh, that reaction hasn't been as great from the locker room, definitely, I think. Because, look, at the end of the day, they got to go win a football game Sunday. They like Geno Smith. He's their teammate. Uh, they're just going to go rally around him now. Uh, James Reinstern here. Uh, what were any of the more standout reactions from any of the guys on the team that you have uh, come across so far? I think uh, Justin Pugh stood out to me. I mean, he's the second longest offensive, not you know, tenured offensive player behind Eli. Uh, once he gets back on the field, presumably he'll be their most you know senior, most starter. Uh, I, I think Justin basically. The way he spoke, he said all the right things, but I think you could tell that he clearly, you know, was hurting for Eli. And I think he, if you read between the lines, uh, he's probably not crazy about this. I think that there's definitely some more veteran guys who aren't thrilled about it. But the, you know, they realize they've got a job to do. They, they've got to line up behind Geno Smith. I think that more than anything, they've just been kind of giving testaments to Eli's professionalism. I mean, the fact this guy is willingly and proudly going and running the scout team which, frankly, is kind of a disgraceful move by the Giants, in my opinion. You know, you're 2-9. and nine. Get another quarterback in here, even on the practice squad, just to handle that. Uh, but Eli's doing it because that's what Eli wants to do. He thinks that's what he's got to do to be a good Giant. I think more than anything, it's just been the guys marveling at his professionalism and the way he's handled the situation. So where is Eli Manning on the depth chart right now? If Geno Smith does get hurt, is Eli Manning stepping back onto the field, or are they going right to Davis Webb? Ben McAdoo says that Eli is going to be the number two quarterback on Sunday in <laughs> That's Oakland. Terrible. And that, that uh, Davis Well will be the third quarterback. Uh, he's been enacted the first 11 games of the third quarterback. Ben won't commit one way or the other. Now, look, everything Ben McAdoo says has to be taken with a grain of salt to some extent because he's lied to the media before. But I do think that Eli is going to be the backup. Mike. I, this is not reporting. This is just my expectation, my you know personal opinion, uh, my reported opinion. I think that I think there's a very good chance Davis Webb starts against the Cowboys in Week 14, if not unless Geno tears it up in Oakland, uh, and, and definitely by like I would think Week 15 against the Eagles at home. Uh, I do. I don't think this is going to be a long-term stint for Geno Smith, and I would presume once Davis Webb is the starter or is ready to play. Eli would be the third quarterback and probably inactive during games, but I guess for Sunday at least, McAdoo says Eli's going to be the backup, and I agree with you. If Geo gets hurt or plays, or even worse, plays horribly, to put Eli back in the game, I think... It's a smack in the face. A smack in the face, and I think it, you know, it's a lot of a lot of stones on McAdoo, especially if Geno's not playing well, to tell Eli after you did this to him, hey, he needs you to get back in there, bud. And look, Eli, I'm sure, would do it and do it professionally and play as hard out because that's what Eli Manning does. But it, it, it would not be it would be an even worse look and I think make the situation even worse for the Giants. And it's and it's funny too because you're bringing up McAdoo and he has you said he has lied to the media and I've been around a little bit of it too. And you're saying right now Eli you said you know he put Eli in this position. What is the general perception? Cuz Mara I felt that Mara came out and tried to pick up and, and clean up the mess that McAdoo and, uh, well, Reese, we haven't heard from Reese yet, but that McAdoo was throwing out there because this looks like it just wasn't handled well from the get-go. So, what you know, what was the general reaction as far as what McAdoo has been saying 
to everybody, not only just to you guys, but also as the team. You know, it doesn't it just doesn't seem like there's a it, this is a real honesty type of situation all around in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I, from what I understand, I mean, like, I don't really think Matthew really ever fully explained why he was doing this. Uh, I don't really think, you know, if you listen to Ben McAdoo the other day, I mean, he says the Giants' number one goal is to win games, but we've also got to evaluate players. And look, I get that you have to evaluate players, and, and now I guess you're evaluating Geno Smith. But my whole point in this whole thing, and it's been kind of, you know, McAdoo is having, you know, don't put words in my mouth, but, you know, he said to a reporter the other day, not me, you know, when it's that, as that, look, don't tell your fan base your number one goal is to win games. But now we're going to evaluate players. I understand. I think it's perfectly fine to say we're two and nine. We need to evaluate our younger players. Uh, in that context, while we're evaluating them, we're going to do everything we can to win the football game. But don't act like your number one goal is to win games right now because it's not. Because if it was, Eli Manning would be the starting quarterback on Sunday against the Raiders. And look, if Ben McAdoo believes Geno Smith is a better quarterback right now, have the guts to come out and say it and sell the decision. As for John Mayer, I mean, look, he can he can say all he wants, that maybe Ben McAdoo screwed up the plan and that wasn't what he thought the plan was initially. End of the day, John Mayer is the owner. He could have intervened on this. He could have said, let's hold off. He could have nixed the plan. He didn't. He signed off on it. So John Mayer is not a, an innocent party in this. He signed off on the decision, whether McAdoo presented it poorly or not. So at the end of the day, John Mayer is just as responsible for Eli Manning's benching as Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo. Hypothetical situation. The Giants come out and lose 27-3. to Geno just does not look good at all. Is there any chance, and I don't see any way that that Mara can face the Giants fans with Ben McAdoo coaching that team against the Cowboys with even if he does make the decision to switch to Davis Webb come that season uh, come that week how does Ben McAdoo coach that game against the Cowboys in that stadium in front of well I mean we're we're assuming it's going to be seventy five percent cowboy fans uh, at that point, yeah. Because Giants fans, from what I understand, are very upset and they're selling their tickets, and Cowboy fans are buying. Uh, how does Ben McAdoo make it to next week if this is not a good week in Oakland? I mean, it's impossible to predict. I would tend to say yes, just because the Giants released a statement. You know, they, they traditionally do not fire coaches in season. But look, John Mayer could have very easily said yesterday, we will make, he was asked specifically, directly, and he said there are no guarantees in life. He, in my, he reopened the door to a potential in-season firing for anyone. And I think that that has to be considered. And I agree with you. It would be incredibly difficult to come back home in that, in that sort of situation. I do think, and part of the reason why I think Davis Webb is likely going to be the guy who starts in Week 14, is that it'll be incredibly hostile if the Giants come home off a loss with Geno Smith, the quarterback, and Ben McAdoo as the head coach. I do think there will be, and there will still be very angry people and fans and upset fans, and I'm sure there will be a ton of Cowboys fans there. I do think there will be a sense of excitement and intrigue if you're finally going to see what Davis Webb can do. Because we know what Geno Smith can do. We have no idea what Davis Webb can do. 
You know, James, we were also talking about, you know, Ben McAdoo's relationship with the media, and it seems like he's being defiant all the way down to the end here. I guess the question is, if you look back to last season, where just going from the boat trip all the way then to, you know, Jerry Reese not taking anything from the offensive line, not really focusing on that, to the disciplining of DRC and Janoris Jenkins and not disciplining Odell at certain times when he needed to. Um, Is this one of those situations where maybe this was the wrong choice to replace a great coach like Tom Coughlin? Well, I think right now, I think it's it's hard to say it it wasn't the the wrong choice. (laughs) I I think that when we look back on this year and this this two years, and look, I think it's going to be very difficult for Ben McAdoo to keep his job at the end of the season. I think that it's kind of astounding to me, like how this has kind of fallen out of hand so quickly. Because look, they went eleven and five last year; they made the playoffs. And, and McAdoo, I, I think people always thought he was kind of, you know, kind of zany and corny and a little hokey and a little, 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 you know, kind of like, wow, what's he talking about, you know? But it worked; they won. So I think people thought, hey, you know, this guy really he seems to have a hold, you know. And you know, Ben always said he was comfortable in his own skin. And I think that the first, to an extent, you know, he kind of proved that in year one. It looked that way. But this year, I just feel, for whatever reason, there's been kind of a sea change in Ben McAdoo when it comes to dealing with the media. I don't know if he was overconfident because, you know, he had a winning team his first year. But in hindsight, there were kind of little slips. You know, I, I told this story on our podcast on NJ.com. You know, when Ben got hired, obviously he coached the Packers for, for several, you know, a bunch of years. He, he, one of the people he thanked was Brett Favre. So, you know, first, I think, training camp, uh, Brett Favre is going to be inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I asked him about Brett Favre. I'm just saying, you know, he's going to kind of reflect, you know, maybe tell a story about Brett Favre. And, you know, just, you know, just basic, you know, slow summer day story. You know, not a whole lot to talk about at that point in training camp as we're kind of ramping up towards the season. And he basically, like, wouldn't answer the question. And I think back on that, and I just wonder, you know, that's a very simple situation. I mean, no one's trying to, it's not a gotcha question. We just want to write, you know, just want to write something about him and Brett Favre and their time together in Green Bay. And Tom Coughlin would have talked for 10 minutes about what Brett Favre meant to the NFL, and he didn't even coach the guy. So it just seems to me that for whatever reason, he's kind of taken his approach that the media is a nuisance, and he just has to get through it. And look, that's, that's perfectly his right. You know, Every coach, you know, that they fulfill the media guidelines and you know their, their requirements, and they can do whatever they want. But you got to win if you're going to kind of take that tack with the media because it's not so much the media. I mean, it doesn't matter to me whether someone's you know nice to me or not nice to me. I got a job to do. But the way the head coach interacts with the fan base is through the media because the fans watch his press conference and they watch everything and they want to know what he has to say about their team. And I just think that all the fans that reach out to me, Twitter, email, everything, they are not impressed with what they see from Ben McAdoo. They're angered by it, frankly, and he does nothing to inspire any confidence in them that he's going to turn it around earlier in the year, and now I'm watching. Uh, I, I think we should have seen this coming with uh, with McAdoo. Uh, I, I was there uh, for the press conference introducing him. And all I could do was stare at the suit that he was wearing that was 83 sizes too big for him (laughs) and wondering, how is a man who is now coaching the Giants have zero clue about what's going on around him? 
Yeah, I mean, look, I've always said this. Uh, I thought the suit got a little bit too much play. Uh, I mean, it's something you got to write about, you know. And I, look, I mean, the truth was, you know, Ben had lost a tremendous amount of weight, and that's why the suit was too big. But I don't blame <laughs> Ben so much as I, I kind of blame the Giants for that. I've always said Ben basically got hired. You know, the handshake agreement was done on a Wednesday night. He got introduced at the press conference on a Friday morning at like ten ten thirty a.m. I can't remember off my head. Uh, if I'm the Giants, one of the first things I would have asked Ben would have been. You have a suit. <laughs> does, it, does, it, does it fit? And if Ben goes, it's a little bit big on me because they lost all this weight, I would have been, okay, we'll have Joseph A. Banks or, or Man, we'll have who at Men's Warehouse. They will, their tailor will be here in the morning to take care of it. Bring the suit. We're going to take care of it. Because, I mean, look, the New York Giants can find a way to get that suit <laughs> express style in that situation. Okay, there'll probably be a, a line of tailors out the door willing to help the new giant head coach. <laughs> hey, uh, James, some non-real. See why people—that's all. As I felt, some of the giants probably should have caught. <laughs> even when he walks in, I mean, even when he walks in, you gotta get your equipment guys. To say, okay, we gotta figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> they could have gotten him a Belichick-like sweatshirt, but you know, because that's how he does his press conferences. Uh, James, non-Eli related um, contracts coming up with a lot of key guys. You're pretty much losing your linebacker core. Um, what other moves do you think will be made with some of the more named players on this team? Well, I, I mean, start with free agents. Uh, I have a hard. I don't see Weston Richburg being re-signed, just as I think it's the, you know, the emergence of Brett Jones. I don't think Brett Jones is a long-term starting center, but I think he's proven that you can bring him back at a, at a much lower rate than Richburg. You draft the guy, you're good to go there. Justin Pugh is the big question. I mean, look, I think a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, who, who's coming back here, you know, who's the GM, who's the head coach. Personally, I think Justin Pugh is the guy you got to resign. Your offensive line is so bad. You need a lot of pieces there. You can't let the best piece walk out the door. I understand his health is a concern. Uh, he might be a guy you franchise tag. Uh, Devon Kennard, I think, is a guy who's fascinating because I don't really know how much money he's going to command as a free agent. I don't really know what his market's going to be. Uh, he's basically one of the rare late-round successes Jerry Reese had. Uh, great guy in the locker room, you know, veteran presence, so great in the community. So he's a guy who I think the price is probably going to have to be right for the Giants. Jonathan Casillas, you know, I, you know, John, if he, you know, he's getting up there in age. If he wants to keep playing football, uh, I could see the Giants bring him back, but I don't know if they necessarily want him to be a starter anymore. He might be kind of one of those veteran leadership guy, role players, you know, plays on special teams. Uh, other than that, I really can't think of any top creators off the top of my head. I think those are the big names. C.J. Fluker is another guy. you got to see what happens with him. And then I still think there's a chance that you could see a guy like Janoris Jenkins cut simply because no guaranteed money left, had some issues. DRC, another guy. No guaranteed money left. And then, obviously, Eli Manning, I don't see him coming back. And I think Eli Manning, with the no-trade clause, he can basically force the Giants to cut him before his roster bonus comes due once the new league year starts. Well, that's that's been the question now with Eli Manning. Is there any chance, even with a, a coaching and general manager change, can Eli be back here next year? I don't I don't see how. I mean, I wrote this morning at com that the Giants are thinking that they're delusional. I mean, look, here's the situation as it pertains to the Giants. You know, even if you have a new coach, new GM, I mean, 
in a way, it's kind of Machiavellian. John Mayer has unencumbered the new GM and new head coach. If they if they go that way, and I, I think they will, he's eliminated. Those guys don't have to make the emotional decision to get rid of Eli Manning. And, the, and if it works out that way, the two guys who just fired were the hatchet men in the end. So I just find a hard time. If you're a top five draft pick, probably a top three draft pick, you can't really bring Eli back after you did this to him and have any future with him going forward. So I just don't see him being back. It could be a trade situation. It could be, a, I think, most likely a cut situation just because it's the same cap situation for the Giants. And Eli holds all the cards. He can force him to cut him so he can go choose a new team if he chooses to go that direction. Uh, that's James Cratch, NJ.com. James, let everybody know where they can find you. At James Cratch on Twitter, NJ.com slash Giants, and uh, pretty much everywhere else again. James, I'll uh, I'll see you next week for uh, Giants, Cowboys, and let the adventure begin at MetLife. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous about it. <laughs> you got it, Randy. See you then. You got it. All right, that, there's a lot to digest there. Yeah. Um, 201-825-1234. we got about 12 minutes before uh, Chris Canty joins us from ESPN Radio. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on there. I don't know where to start. Uh, I think maybe let's move our way back a little bit. Um, he doesn't think see Eli coming back. I know before I was sitting there saying that maybe you can bring him back, but I guess the emotional factor from him, knowing that they, you know, that the Maris signed off on it, with the idea, and even Mara even came out and said that I wasn't anticipating it being like this, that his reaction was going to be that way. So it makes me now sort of have a change of uh, heart and make me say, you know, maybe Eli's not going to retire as a giant. Hey, you don't cry because your season's over. That's my opinion. Yeah. You don't cry when your season's over and you think you're coming back next year, unless if you suffer the worst loss ever. Yeah, well... He was, he was crying his eyes out. Yeah. He was crying his eyes out in front of the media. And, and by the way, James mentioned this also, the fact that how many players did he say? 34 out of 53 players have been with Eli for less than two years. Yeah. Listen to the background noise when Eli's crying his eyes out in front of the media. Yeah. People don't realize it. Yeah. Well, and, then, and the funny thing is one of those guys was JPP. And JPP, like I again, I, I have to send you guys a transcript of that. JPP was just taking the attitude of like, this is not one of our, you know, this is not a decision that players can make. It's above my pay grade. We have to go out there and play. And that's the attitude that a lot of those guys have. Sterling Shepard is upset because it was a guy that Sterling loved playing with. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tough, it's a real tough situation all around. I don't think it's a real win situation for anybody. Um, you know, I guess Indianapolis Colts fans didn't like the decision that, you know, they were going to get rid of Peyton Manning. It was a little it, bit easier because he was injured. Like, it's a different. different it, it, it was easier because he was injured and it was also easier because they knew that Andrew Luck was on the horizon. They knew that they had the number one pick in the draft. They knew that Andrew Luck was the next coming. And I I think if there were if there was an Andrew Luck waiting in the wings for the Giants it may be a little easier. But there's so many questions. You you have the, the you have a bunch of really good quarterbacks that'll be in the draft this year. I don't think any of them are on the Andrew Luck platform, but you have Rosen from UCLA. You have Darnold from USC. You have Mayfield uh, from Oklahoma. Oh, Mayfield and Odell on a, on a field oh, together. Uh, oh, yeah, that's good. That, ba- that Baker, Baker Mayfield has a lot of Johnny Manziel in him. 
Now, here's here's a question also I have to throw out there, too. And like there was a little bit of reaction here on social media from what you just said. You don't cry because your season is over. Uh, it's very, very simple, though. You know, I think a lot of New York fans wanted um, Eli to have that Jeter goodbye. Yeah. I think that's what they really wanted. They wanted to have that last moment. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. You let Eli have that last start against Washington at home. Let him have that goodbye with the uh, Giants fans. Well, what the w- here's the difference, though. Eli Manning, and I hate to say it, but Eli Manning is playing worse right now than Derek Jeter did in 2014. Derek Jeter's last year, he was still a serviceable, serviceable baseball player up until yeah, around late but, July. But that's not it, fair, though, because, look, he has no offensive line and he hasn't right. had his uh, Agreed 100%, but... Let's not act like the Yankees were this great. I mean, the Yankees were still in a playoff spot. They didn't get eliminated until the day before <laughs> Jeter's last game at, at Yankee home. Stadium. Yeah. And I understand that Eli Manning has not had a very good supporting cast at all. But let's not forget the fact that yeah, well, let me he had Odell Beckham Jr. healthy all of last year. He still struggled. They went 0-5. Well, they didn't have Odell for week one. They pretty much had half of Odell for week two. But they didn't perform well at all. And uh, uh, Eli Manning wasn't letting up 25 points against Philly and the Bucks, who they absolutely should have been in week four. And you also didn't know, he also didn't know from throw to throw if that offensive line was holding right. up. And so I so think there's a major There's a major difference. And you know, Ryan can also tell you, because not for nothing, we're a little older than you, that we can say for those both of those championship years, the year after both of those championship years, that offensive line was still holding up well enough to keep Eli healthy where he was having the confidence where he can throw the ball and know that he has the time. In 2013, when the team started 0-6, he had a revamped offensive line, and ever since then, Eli's been getting killed and doesn't have the same trust in that offensive line that he's had through those championship years. It, it, it really is amazing what a good offensive line can do for a, a, not just a, a quarterback, but an entire team. The, yeah. the, the consistency that you had from, the, from Deal, Soybert, O'Hara, Snee, and McKenzie, uh, ju- just knowing what they would give you. They were sort of the, the Eli Manning of the offensive line. You knew that they were going to show up every week. They were going to be consistent. You could count on them at any given moment in time. Should, we, uh, should I give you some of the, the Twitter reaction? Please. All right. So, Pat Leonard uh, tweeted, John Mara won't even guarantee the Giants Ben McAdoo is safe through the end of the season. The answer is there's no guarantees in life. Clearly, McAdoo and Reese should start packing up. That was right, from I, I, Pat that, Leonard from New York, through the New York Daily News. And what that means to me yeah. is if this week does not go well, it's bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. David uh, David Deal uh, from earlier uh, yesterday. Bob Papa and I just took a break from our uh, for our radio show to grab a cup of coffee and to, only see, to see only two giants in the cafeteria. It was Eli Manning sitting with Davis Webb mentoring him. Hashtag respect. Hashtag character. Uh, hashtag selfless. You know what I hate? What's that? I hate that Eli Manning is going to be the backup this Sunday. Yeah. I hate that. I think that is such a smack I, in the face. I understand that Eli is going to prepare like he's going to play, as he should, because he's a football player. But you're going to put him through such an emotional wreck, and then if Gino gets hurt, or like you said, if worse plays absolutely terribly, you're going to put him in after you want to evaluate players? You don't have to evaluate Eli. 
And you don't have uh, to evaluate. Uh, you don't have to evaluate Geno Smith because you know what he is. Right. You're buying time to get Webb in for the Cowboy game. I, That's what you're doing. I That's saw. Doing. I saw a report from practice today. I can't remember which reporter it was that that put it out. The Giants have a designated ball boy for the number one quarterback. So whenever Geno Smith missed a throw, which I'm I from gathering from his report sounded like it it, it happened a lot. So, uh, uh, it happened quite a bit today. They have a ball boy retrieving those footballs for Geno Smith. That's for the number one quarterback. They don't have that for the number two, number three quarterback. When Eli Manning, if he missed a throw, there was a, a, a missed a read, a wrong timing. Eli Manning had to go jog after the ball that he threw and was incomplete. He's miserable. Eli Manning is miserable. Well, well that's 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 uh, why. James how do you how do you treat an icon of your franchise that way? There's no, there's no way of doing it the right way. Um, I just want to go back to some of these, some more of these tweets before we uh, jump into Chris Canty. Uh, Ralph Vacchiano, um reported Sean O'Hara, who, who is, uh, as you guys know, former Giant, big Eli supporter. Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Hara said, "I've been sick. I've been angry. I've also been relieved now because now Eli doesn't have to go out there and try to win games with his shoddy roster and the people around him. Eli definitely deserved better than this." He also said Ben McAdoo wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for Eli. Eli is the one who, who vouched for him when they ushered Tom Coughlin out the door. Jerry Reese wouldn't have a job or two rings if it wasn't for Eli and what he did for those uh, in those two Super Bowls. So Sean O'Hara is definitely speaking from the heart. and I'm, It's hard to listen to someone who's been a teammate of his, who went through those, those battles with him, because... Those guys also don't understand but they're showing a little bit more bias. Like it's interesting to see what Strahan's going to say on Sunday. You know what I mean? Because they're, you know they're going to ask him. There, there's no getting around that. Uh, real quick, um, Art Stapleton, a good friend of our show, backlash would be nowhere near what it is in my opinion if Giants would have made the move with Eli Manning handed over to the reins to Davis Webb. And, and you can sort of understand if that happened. Not this way though. Not for Geno Smith to start. Uh, Dan Graziano. Uh, who's another friend of the show. N- uh, nothing lucky about the Manningham catch. The, p- the play was a perfect execution on the part of the quarterback and wide receiver. Manny- Manning escaping the sack be- uh, before the Tyree throw is consistently underrated aspect of the play, and he was incredible on that drive because people are sitting there saying Eli was a little overrated. I, I, I saw a poll. I, 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 I believe it was, it was just an informal poll, but um, it, they wanted to know a Giants fan's favorite Eli Manning moment. And obviously the the play to Tyree is what got the most attention. That one, uh, and I I love what uh, Art said about him escaping the sack. Him escaping the sack is the the reason why that play happened. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) But, but it, it, the the pass to Manningham best throw it, ever. It, it, it is best the, throw it, ever. is the greatest throw I have seen in a Super Bowl because it was right it was, on target. The best throw I've ever seen in a game it, ever. It, right. Ever. It, it, it was no. It, it, the 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 window was so small to to place it in, and, and just it was perfection. That that's all you could say. It was. Perfection. My two favorite Eli moments are that and 
the week, well, two weeks before that, in the NFC Championship game against the Niners. Oh, and I, he's getting bruised. I want to say it was after that big third and no, the third and seventeen was was the touchdown to Manningham actually. But I think they converted a first down, time running out of the clock, and they show in slow motion. Eli looks like. You ever see the episode yeah. of South Park where, where Eric Carmen's wearing that <laughs> helmet? That's what he looked like. His helmet was yeah. half off. His mouth guard is in his nostrils, yeah. Yeah. and he's calling a timeout. Yeah. He took a beating uh, in that game. Uh, his mother came out and, and, and was saying that, that she didn't care if the Giants <laughs> won that game. She just wanted it to be over. <laughs> He got he got smacked around in that game, uh, and that that's what Eli Manning brought to the team. He it, it, brought toughness. If the quarterback is there, one of your toughest guys on the field, the other guys are going to get up to play that way. Right, and, and it's not uh, toughness doesn't just come from muscles. It comes from the uh, it, it. Most of it is Eli has mental. not had much muscle. Right, no. <laughs> right. Uh, he he, no. he he is nowhere near a, a, a physical specimen. No, definitely. But not. but what he brings is the mental toughness, and there will I, I I can't see anybody else bringing the amount of mental toughness that he brought to uh, to a place that's real that can break down your mental toughness very easy in New York. I want to say one thing about Gino also. I mean, we're all pretty much on board that we don't have to see much of Gino. I prefer not seeing any of Gino. <laughs> I, I, I for one, do think that he hasn't re- ever had a great supporting cast. I mean, Eric Decker was his number one, never really fully healthy. He was throwing to a, a rookie Robbie Anderson. He was throwing to Quincy Inunua. He didn't. He did not have a, a, a great talent, and he never got a chance to throw to Brandon Marshall when he got signed to the Jets. I mean, let's remember Brandon Marshall was very happy that like he wanted to play with Gino. But at this point, is this receiving core that Geno Smith is going to play with on Sunday, on, on Sunday, excuse me, better than what he threw to when he was with the Jets? No. Absolutely no. Not. So why so you know he can't succeed with no weapons. Obviously not many players can. So that's not necessarily a knock on Geno, which is the fact of football and quarterbacks. But if you are saying if you have seen Geno not perform with a lack of weapons, what could you possibly see in Geno on Sunday with uh, a lack of weapons? Guys, Chris Canty will be live with us 10 minutes from the WRPR off topic here, backsportspage.com. Uh, real quick, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to get a couple, through a couple more of these tweets. And I, and I agree with you. Geno, we already know what Geno is. There's no evaluation process of what Geno Smith is. If he, if he was thrown to a guy like Odell or, or, or even if he was thrown to Brandon Marshall, then sure, maybe you can get one more chance out of him. But not with the not with Tavares King as your number. Like that can't but happen. If, if Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham are still there, Eli Manning's not getting benched. Touche. <laughs> they're because they're they're not at this point. Right. If right. the two of them are are don't get injured in week five. Right. Hey guys, real quick, Pat Leonard also put up a poll yesterday. Uh, 1,600 people voted on it. Uh, Giants fans, after watching Ben McAdoo bench Eli Manning and bring him to near tears, will you attend Giants games remaining 2017 home games? Uh, 7% said yes, 93% said no to no surprise. Wow. Uh, Dave Ta- David Tollemson. How many of those are actual season, ticket holders? That's a though. very good question, too. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, that could be someone just who doesn't have tickets, who now yeah. is not going to go on StubHub yeah, and, 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 and buy tickets tickets I, I that's why a, a poll like that I, I i'd only 
gather real information if it were from actual ticket holders. Uh, David Tolleson, former teammate that line, yeah. uh, that line the Giants have pushed. We're trying to see what we got. It's straight. You know what we know Did, who Gino is and Webb is. Spe- Webb has was special. He'd be playing already. You you got to check out the uh, the rest of Dave Tollefson's uh, timeline. Yeah, uh, the, the I Twitter heard it was. I heard <laughs> it was good. Because, <laughs> uh, what, what, uh, the the favorite thing. One of the favorite things, if not the 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 best thing that I saw since was he goes Giants players should do this and it's just a a gif uh, of yeah. from the the movie Rudy yeah. with the players placing their jerseys on on, the on, uh, on Dan Devine's uh desk <laughs> uh Giants daily John Merrill letting Ben McAdoo and Jerry Rich finish the season but not Eli Manning is ridiculous right. and complete and utter disrespect to the greatest quarterback to ever play for the New York Giants yes. the, the Giants have been so hypocritical in all this yeah oh, of course they have. It, it's unbelievable firing coaches isn't the Giants way they they they, sh- they, they wouldn't Treat head coaches or GMs like that. Well, you know what's not the Giants' way? Going two and nine. You know what's not the Giants' way? Benching your franchise quarterback for Geno Smith. You know what's not the Giants' way? Constantly throwing your franchise quarterback under the bus. Meanwhile, your receiver, you have no idea how to handle him. You have no idea how to handle anyone who shows zero effort on the field. The Giants haven't done a lot of things that way this year. So why is that the only exception? What... What good comes out of Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese? I get because you can't really fire a GM in the middle of the season, but it's oh go- you can oh you can oh you can but 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 Jerry Reese isn't around the players like Ben McAdoo is. It gets worse and worse and wh- how they won that Chiefs game, I have no idea. I might you, you want to know why? Because Alex Smith. The the it, it, the clock struck midnight on Alex Smith, yeah. and he's now gone back to the 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 rags and uh, and, and ripped shoes that uh, that we're used to Alex Smith being. Some more reaction here. Kurt Warner from the NFL Network. He's never done anything but show character, and he does the right thing. Shame on the Giants. Uh, Bill Polian. That's coming from the guy who got benched. Right. Yeah, who got benched for Eli? Yes, exactly. Uh, Eli Manning was not the problem with the Giants. It's from Bill Polian. Uh, do you have Coughlin's comment? I, I do. Uh, not in the least the problem. Uh, there, there, were, there was a failure to recognize in the early season from a both personnel and scheme standpoint. If he is protected, he's a Super Bowl quarterback. He's already proven that. Linda Cohen, who's from ESPN. I uh, love Linda. And Linda is awesome. Surprise is not the word. My sentiments are totally with Eli Manning. Tom Coughlin said on Jacksonville's radio station, here's the, the Tom Coughlin comment, I love the kid. He's a class act. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He's the finest. Uh, most humble young man in the locker room. O.C. Umanira. Oh, Lord. O.C. <laughs> I only got one of O.C.'s, but O.C. went off, off yeah. on everybody. Eli deserves much better than that, much better class person, class player. Th- that's absurd. Um, Dan Graciano, again, in front of the show. Uh, bottom line on the list of people who should be taking the fall for the current state of the Giants, Eli Manning's name is not on the top or even that close. Shameful treatment of a proven leader by uh, by failed ones. Mike Greenberg, a guy who I look up to more than, you know, in this business more than anybody. Eli's big brother had a legit second act in Denver, two Super Bowls and a ring included. In that right situation, I believe Eli can do the same, something similar. Uh, the f- we found out it was a fake Marshawn Lynch account. I, I saw that. I, I was, was so upset. You were so upset I, when I, I told you that last I, night. I, I, I was, was so <laughs> upset. I was like, it's the greatest tweet ever. The Giants mentioned uh, Eli Manning for Geno Smith. is almost as crazy as not running the ball on the one-year line for the Super Bowl. I love that one. That was my favorite one. I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a great. And then I, I realized, oh, that's not the real Marshawn Lynch account. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Terrell Thomas, uh, this was one of my other favorite tweets. If Gino is starting Sunday, tell Ben McAdoo to give me a call since he's giving washed-up players a chance to see what they can do. <laughs> but, yeah, how about this? Mar- Marcus Kuhn, uh, former. <laughs> so Donald Trump is president and Gino Smith is quarterback of the Giants. Is this real life? Hey. <laughs> um, my, fa- my favorite part about all this is evaluating players is not embarrassing to Eli Manning. What's embarrassing to Eli Manning is... Like we said before, at the top of the hour, at the top of the six o'clock hour, Ben McAdoo just has no idea how to present facts. Yeah, I'm gonna go a couple. Yeah. I want to go. I, home. Sorry, go ahead. I, I got just Justin Tuck, who uh, who, I, who I got Justin yeah. on here too. Yeah, uh, I, I'm honestly at a loss for words. As a person that has seen Eli the quarterback, but also Eli the man, I'm truly pissed about what has taken place today. This decision is one of the stupidest I've seen in my time uh, being uh, in pro sports. No hashtag no loyalty, hashtag fourteen years, hashtag BS. Now, uh, uh, but just to to go a little off topic, uh, you're better than that. I hate when people are talking in regular conversation and go hashtag and then say something whatever. Oh yeah, that's you're not texting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Plaxico <laughs> Burris, I think you've just blew out the speaker. Uh, they're Plaxico, already blown out. They're already blown out. Uh, Plaxico Burris, uh, damn, bench yeah. Eli man showed up every week for 14 years. Um, Kurt Warner wrote a really nice thing that I'm not going to read right now. It's just yeah. too much. Greg Anthony, not a good move by the Giants. Uh, you know, wait, our, our, the, the, our, the former Nick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one's even better. Our good buddy Tommy Dreamer. Oh Jesus, Tommy Dreamer! <laughs> My family has had giant season tickets since the fifties. I was pissed about uh, the handling of Tom Coughlin. Even matter about Eli Manning. Fire the GM or coach, or else for next year, family tradition is over. One thing that you mentioned it when you read Justin Tuck's tweet, but one thing that we haven't really talked about is just the man that Eli is. And one of yeah. my favorite stories about Eli. It actually happened this year. Sunday night, they get waxed at Dallas. The next morning was September 11th. So this past year was the 16th anniversary? Yeah, 16 years uh, this past September 11th. He was at Cantor Fitzgerald's charity day. Yeah, At 9 o'clock in the morning. My uncle works at Cantor Fitzgerald. Uh, Unfortunately, my uncle uh, lost his brother, so my uncle was actually lost in the attack. So every year he's at this charity event. He always sends us pictures of everyone he meets. And when I say everyone... Everyone, Eli, Arod, J Lo, Paris. He's met so many former presidents at this charity event. Eli Manning got his ass handed to him in Dallas, eighteen to three final on Sunday night. They probably didn't land at Newark or or uh, Teterboro, wherever they go to, until probably around four or five in the morning. He was at the Cantor Fitzgerald offices at nine a.m. By the way, I'm not reading any of Carl Banks's tweets <laughs> on air because they're too graphic and too many four-letter words. I, I, I like uh, the, so, some more from uh, from Dave Tollefson. Is woke up, still pissed. Any man that strapped it up with number ten got choked up when they watched his press conference. You don't treat our and he capitalized our QB like that. Um, Steve Smith Senior. Wow, so Eli Manning gets benched. Is it me or is Ben McAdoo running out of people to throw under the bus? He's, <laughs> he's like, never thrown anyone under the bus. It's just him. Just yeah, Eli. Uh, and, and he's and not running out of it. He's not running out. He is running out of people because Eli's the only Eli's person. Eli's the only one. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's like a student that didn't study for the test but he keeps uh, saying to the teacher he just doesn't like me. No, son, you failed yourself. 
<laughs> straight donkey facts. Um, there was a there was a big interaction with um, Carl Banks and Damon Harrison. Yeah, that. Yeah. I, mean, like, I, I thought that was kind of just a, a misunderstanding. I mean, uh, I didn't really know how to interpret any of that. And, 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 and then Francesca. Uh, sho- shockingly, Francesca had a beef with somebody. Oh, and then, <laughs> well, yeah, shockingly, Jeff Schwartz, who uh, played offensive line for the Giants for a couple years. Well, I, I'd use the term "played" loosely. Yeah, I know he was, he, he was there for what two seasons and played maybe four games. I think most of the outrage for Eli's situation isn't the actual benching; it's the callousness of the benching. Like he's a young player who hasn't earned the right to a better uh, send off. I think there's. I think that's been my argument. That's, that's the best thing he ever did as a giant. I think so too. <laughs> um, the statement was the nicest way possible. Eli can tell the sho- shove it for making a decision to start uh, start limiting his reps. It also allows both those guys a chance to get full reps in practice, which will be much needed. David Deal, um, absolutely. Spe- we tried to get David on the show tonight. It just didn't work out. Though. Um, I'm absolutely speechless. I've watched every game. Have sat through. This rough giant season. This is what you do to a man who's led your team for the 210 straight games. Uh, Jaguars should look long and hard at Eli Manning in 2018. Them, them, and Denver. Them and Denver, and maybe the Texans. Eh, if Watson's not back, yeah. I, th- I think Watson will be back. But if he's not, not a bad idea. Uh, we're going to be rejoined in a second by Anthony Zarita. Anthony's going to come back over into the uh, seat. Oh, he's he's going to run too. Anthony's just going to help us with uh, Chris Canty real quick. As Ryan walks out. As Ryan walks out. I've, I haven't seen that that 04, 05 jersey in a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's a nice jersey. Real quick, um, Eric Webb joining us real quick here. Uh, I thought Eric Webb was joining us. Not. Eric Webb, not related to Davis Webb, by the way. Jokester. Um, so, um, Justin Tuck, really quick. I'm honestly at a loss for words. A person who has seen you live, like, we, like he just said before. Um, Art Stapleton, who's also been very vocal about the whole entire thing as well. So, yeah. Um, so okay. So there's a lot of Twitter reaction. Your, you know, your take on it. What? You know, <laughs> there's only so much to say. Eric Webb is joining us right now. Eric, you there? I'm good. How you guys doing? We're gonna make it real quick, bud, because uh, Chris Canty is gonna be joining us in literally in two minutes. And right. uh, just wanted to um, just touch base with you. Uh, your quick thoughts on Eli Manning. Uh, yeah, it's been just like everyone, most of other people's reactions. Uh, it's pretty sad to see. You know, he's earned the loyalty, but um, like they say, there really is no loyalty in sports. I mean, we saw what happened with Isaiah Thomas and Celtics. I mean, kind of the same thing. They're just not showing respect to someone who earned it. Your opinion, um, Does do we see Eli ever again on the field wearing a Giants jersey? I would say no. Um, just like Cratch said, I don't see them bring him back. It would be kind of awkward, especially because he, he can start for a lot of different teams, obviously. He's not, you know, totally washed up. It's just, you know, the, the old line hasn't protected him, and he's ended up, he's the one taking the fall for it. Your opinion, also, um, are they going to are they going to keep with Davis Webb, or are they going to go? Uh, they're going to go elsewhere. I think they're going to see the rest of the season how Geno does. I mean, if he plays up to you know his potential, I can see them signing him for one more year. Uh, real quick, only basketball note that we'll throw in tonight. Knicks eleven and ten. Your thoughts? Um, they're exceeding expectations, but I, I still don't see them obviously doing any doing much in the playoffs. But they could sneak in there. Hey, Edis Cantor's been a very good play for them. Uh, yeah, I just I, oh yeah, yeah, he's a fan favorite. It's it's, it's how long Porzingis can keep it up and keep and stay know, healthy and stay, and stay healthy and keep consistent. 
and whether you're going to really be able to get Nikita going at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been very impressive too. Like I like how he's jumped right into the leadership role. He hasn't, you know, had much of a stumble since you know Carmelo left. And I, as long as he can stay healthy, he'll be doing damage on the court. I think. Also, um, I guess the false alarm with the Cavaliers, like everybody, uh, I've like I was oh, saying, yeah. I was saying for like a month and a half. Don't worry about the Cleveland Cavaliers. They'll be they'll be right there. Yeah, and I was telling everybody the same thing. I wasn't worried. Um, three and a half. Uh, Three and a half back right now, the Boston Celtics. So, um, all right. So, Eric, uh, I'm sorry for making it short today. Um, no, it's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk with you uh, next week. Okay, bud. Yeah, sounds good. Talk all to right. you later. Have a good night. You got it. Later. We're waiting, Chris Canty, and uh, I think Anthony's got him. We're ready to go. Uh, okay, so Chris Canty from ESPN Radio New York, former teammate of Eli Manning. I can imagine how much he's dealing with Rothenberg right now. Oh my God! Yeah, well, we'll, we'll ask him about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll ask him the major difference. I haven't, I haven't been on. able to hear the show for the last couple of days, so I, I haven't really heard Rothenberg. Right, well, let's, uh, let's do go this. Off that much. Let's do this the right way. Let's welcome in our good friend Chris Canty, uh, ESPN New York, former Giant, former Raven, former Cowboy. My buddy, Chris. How are you today, my friend? Oh, oh, second. Second. Christopher, there he is. All right, now let's. We're joined by our good uh, friend Chris Canty. Chris, how you doing today? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for giving us a few minutes. A t- tough day so far. A tough couple days. Your first reaction to Eli Manning um, going through this? Because you you played with them. What was your general reaction when you heard it? Well, I was disappointed when the news broke. I, I think that might have been on Tuesday. And uh, just thinking that the Giants, the organization, would handle Eli Manning like this at the end of his career, I just couldn't believe it. But then after I heard the commentary from John Mara regarding the decision, I just was angry. Because, you know, everybody could understand the decision to move on from a legend like Eli Manning in the offseason. I didn't understand the timing of it. I didn't understand who they used as the messenger in terms of letting Ben McAdoo approach Eli Manning with this decision or what amounts to an ultimatum asking him to start the games but letting him know that you wouldn't finish the games. I just felt like it was handled poorly. Uh, the Giants should have given Eli much better than this. He deserved much better than this. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that's the thing that's been bothering me the most also, Chris, because uh, I'm okay. I mean, uh, I'm 22 years old, so I pretty much only know Eli as the Giants quarterback. And I mean, I, I remember the days of Kerry Collins, but... Eli's been my guy for 222 straight games, including the playoffs now. So th- the whole thing that bothers me is just the fact that uh, I understand being able to move on, but I just think the way that Ben Mac I mean, we had James Cratch on earlier, and it just seems like Ben McAdoo is just, you know, I don't know what the right word is, but he's just contradicting himself for everything he says. It's either I can't tell if he wants to win, I can't tell if he wants to evaluate players. Which, which one is it? Well, it has to be about evaluating players, or at least that's how they have to present it, because let's be honest, Eli Manning, as the quarterback, gives them the best chance to win. I think it's a tough sell to those guys in the locker room. And to the fan base, that Geno Smith and or Davis Webb give you a better chance to win in Oakland on Sunday. I think this is about trying to, well, I, I guess this is the decision to try to move on from Eli Manning. Clearly, the organization wants to move on from Eli Manning, because I don't understand what you would want to see from Geno Smith or Davis Webb, what you think you would you would see from Geno Smith or Davis Webb. You know, this five games less than the season. This offense hasn't been very good, only averaging 15 points a game. The offensive line is bad. They can't pass protect. 
There's no running game to speak of. So how do you expect those quarterbacks to be able to have success? It just doesn't make sense. Furthermore, I think everybody would be realistic about it, would tell you that the Giants are probably going to use that top five draft pick that they're going to have because they're going to finish with a bad record on the successor for Eli Manning. So I don't understand what you could see from Geno or Davis that would preclude you from taking a quarterback. Chris, do you think more of the outrage is your because McAdoo has presented it as we're going to have Geno play because he's giving us the best chance to win and Eli's going to go to number two compared to we need to evaluate what Davis Webb is. Do you think if they would have approached it that way, of saying we need to look at what Davis Webb is so we know what we're doing, it would have been a little easier for the fan base? Well, I, I think it's, you know, to, to be honest with you, no. Uh, you know, I think that the New York sports fans, New York Giant fans, are some of the most intelligent sports fans on the planet. And, and I think it's obvious what the organization is doing, and everybody can see it. When the Giants drafted Davis Webb, in the third round last year, nowhere in their wildest imagination did they think that he would be their starting quarterback in 2018. And I would probably believe that people in the organization still feel that way. But, you know, they do have a third-round pick invested in it, but I'm not sure that they thought they would be in a position where they would have an opportunity to draft one of these young signal callers coming out in next year's draft. Not to mention it's a strong free agent quarterback class as well. So, I mean, when you start looking at the options that the Giants are going to have at the quarterback position. Clearly, this is going to be a priority for him. John Maris said as much a few weeks ago when he told the scouting department and the personnel department to start looking at these college quarterbacks. So when the owner gives that directive, it's clear that it's on the franchise's mind to move on from Eli Betting. So I don't understand why you have so much urgency to see Geno Smith or Davis Webb. It doesn't make sense to me. Do you feel that Eli deserved to have the Derek Jeter-like send-off in New York? Well, you're talking about that type of athlete, right? The standard of excellence, handling himself with class on the field and off, always available, always says the right things, does the right things, essentially an extension of the head coach in the locker room. You know, he, he upholds the highest standards and traditions of the Giants. So I don't understand why they will pay him back like this. That doesn't make sense to me. That's not how you treat a transcendent player like Eli Manning. You know, there are some guys, that you, that you have to approach differently. Herm Edwards says it best. You're going to treat everybody fair. You're not going to treat anybody the same. And so when you start looking at Eli Manning, there are just some players that transcend conventional NFL practices, and he's that guy. So I don't understand why the Giants would treat him in this fashion. There's absolutely nothing to be gained by benching Eli Manning now in favor of Geno Smith or Davis Webb. You're obviously adamant about the timing of it, and you said before that you didn't like the timing of it. So kind of a two-part question here. Is there a right timing, and if so, what is it? And is there a right way to do it in general? Well, the right time would have been this offseason. You present Eli the options. You tell him the direction that the organization would like to go, and if he doesn't want to fit into that, then he can make the decision to move on. That would be a decision that they come to, and that's with the owners in Eli, not with Ben McAdoo, a head coach that's probably not going to be here in 2018. not with Jerry Reese, a general manager that's probably not going to be here in 2018. It's with Eli, and it's with ownership, and you have a man-to-man discussion. That's how you handle a situation like this. Everybody understands the nature of professional sports. It's a salary cap sport. That means it's a replacement business, younger, cheaper. We get it. But there's a way to do it. There's a way to handle somebody like Eli Manning, and this was the wrong way to do it. 
You know, Chris, looking at the timeline that Ben McAdoo has had since he's been the head coach of this team, it, it's, it's just a, a, a litany of missteps and, and not handling things the right way. He didn't discipline Odell Beckham, but he would be suspending uh, Janaris Jenkins and DRC. The way he's handling Eli Manning and the way he handles the media and the way he just seems to be very stubborn and truculent towards the media. Is he just a good coordinator and not meant to be a head coach? Well, yeah, I think there are certain coaches that are more cut out to be coordinators or position coaches than head coaches. Uh, clearly, he doesn't have the awareness to be a head coach. He doesn't have the relationship with his players, uh, and that's apparent in the lack of effort that we're seeing on Sundays. It hasn't been consistent all season. He hasn't been able to motivate his guys. And so I, I think that that's, that's an indictment on his job as a head coach. He's just not fit for the job. And and when you start talking about handling a situation like this, when you pick this kind of discussion that happens between the head coach and ownership when they're contemplating the future of an icon in the franchise like Eli Manning, when, when they come to you, and I mean ownership comes to the head coach, and they say, listen, we'd like to get a look at these young players, you don't then take that and, and manipulate that and twist that into, okay, Eli, this is what we're going to do. Definitively, we're going to take you out at halftime and put these young guys in. You know, it, it seems disingenuous the way they presented it to Eli. They backed him into a corner, and he responded, I, I think, in the most selfless manner by deciding that it wasn't fair to Geno Smith and Davis Webb to split reps with them in practice. Go ahead and get those guys the lion's share of the, the reps so they could be prepared and give themselves the best chance to be successful in Oakland. I think that was the right thing to do. But to have a legend in Eli Manning, an icon in this city to be running the scout team? Are you kidding me? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I don't know if you saw the, I mean, I'm sure you have. I'm sure you saw the video of Eli pretty much crying about 10 minutes after he received the news that he wasn't going to play. Uh, but if you hear the background noise in that locker room, it kind of seems like people are, I mean, it's they got, I guess they got to mind their own business, but do you think that that might be a sign of a disconnect between Ben McAdoo and the players, Ben McAdoo and Eli, the fact that Eli is in his locker crying his eyes out and the other players are having Yuck, a yucking it up. Time? Yeah, you know, like yucking it up. Well, I, I, you know, here's the thing. I don't know the conversations that were going on around while Eli was doing the interview and explaining what had happened to the media. I don't want to character assassinate guys. You would think that the players in the locker room would be aware of what's going on and they wouldn't be tone deaf to the situation while Eli was addressing the media. But it's the locker room. You, you don't know what's happening. Uh, clearly, it's been a tough season. You know, I, I don't know what was being said where the guys were laughing and joking and being like, I, you know, it's the locker room. So you, you can't expect, you know, everybody to be on hold while Eli is addressing the media. If that be the case and you wanted Eli to have that moment with the media to be able to explain it, you should have held that in the auditorium or did, did it somewhere else away from the locker room. To have it in that situation, that was tough. But again, it goes back to how the Giants handled this whole situation. This should have been a decision that was discussed with Eli and ownership, and they should have had a press conference to discuss how the franchise was going to move forward at the quarterback position for the rest of this season and moving on into the offseason. They could have done that. They chose not to do it. John Mara chose not to be in the building. He was in New York with the owners' meetings. It's not like he couldn't have made it back to 1925 Giants Drive to have that conversation with Eli and with media. I, I just think they bungled the whole thing. So what? what's the next step? How do you see, A, the rest of this 
season panning out between the relationship between the Giants fans and the uh, obviously the Giants for the last few home games because they play three out of four to uh, to close out the month to close out the season at home against division rivals. You have the, the Cowboys, you have the Eagles, and then you have the Redskins in that order with a uh, trip out to Arizona. How do you see this playing out the rest of the way? Well, I see a lot of Cowboys, Redskins, and Eagles fans being in MetLife. You know, I, I can understand Giants fans selling off their tickets to those division rivals and, and, and you know, MetLife being half full and, and, and of those fans that are in there, you're talking about they're going to be fans of the other team. So that's, that's, that's where the organization is right now. There's going to be some fallout. There's going to be some discourse with the, with the whole Eli Manning decision and the way that the organization handled it. They have to be prepared to deal with that. But moving forward, I think the relationship with Eli and the organization is irreparable. You know, John Mara said, don't write the obituary on Eli Manning as a giant. But I don't know how you fix this. Because I understand that Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese approached Eli, but ownership had to sign off on this decision. And it's clear to me that Eli Manning felt betrayed. He was hurt. You know, why else would he be welling up in tears in his locker while he's addressing the media? So uh, when you get to that point, I, I don't know that you can fix it. I was about to say, during Maris, uh press conference yesterday he had mentioned that he was hoping that you know maybe it was still salvageable but you, you've been in this business for a long time and you know as a player that sometimes a run is is over and sometimes you know it's the business part of it gets in the way and you have to move forward you know you had that situation with the Giants moving over to the Ravens you also had it with the Cowboys moving over to the Giants it would be very weird to see Eli wearing another jersey do you think that there's a possibility that Eli just doesn't play again uh, you know what? I, you know, had the Giants approached him this offseason after this year, after the year that they've had, I could see the Giants maybe trying to convince him to retire as opposed to going somewhere else and playing. But after being disrespected by the organization, I don't think Eli's in a hurry to do them any favors. He's got a big roster bonus due at the beginning of the new league year, so it's going to force the Giants' hand trying to move on from him, whether they trade him or whether they cut him. Uh, you know, Eli has a full no trade, so any any place that they would try to trade him to, he would have final say in that decision. So, I mean, uh, they just bungled it because you, if you know that Eli Manning is in this situation and you know that you want to move on from him, you would try to handle it with the utmost class at the end of his tenure as a New York Giant. To end the Eli Manning era like this, the best quarterback in franchise history, you, you, you don't do what the Giants did on Tuesday. You just don't. And, and and to me, it was a complete misstep by ownership and by Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. And so I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I, I hurt for Eli. Uh, and and to, really, this is a slap in the face of all of the Giants players that tried to do things the Giants way. That, that, that Giants pride that meant something to guys, being able to uphold the highest standards of excellence for that organization. I, I really think this is a slap in all of their faces them handle a guy that epitomizes what it means to be a giant assuming the giants take a quarterback in the draft and eli manning does somehow stay with the new york giants in 2018 who starts the future or eli well you know i think that's that's a that's a far-fetched scenario guys and i I say that because I, i don't see eli manning being a giant after this season after the way things went down this week i, I just can't fathom that um at this point i mean i think the organization is probably going to be married to whoever they take with that top five pick, as most organizations are. So they're going to be committed to that. And in today's NFL, you're seeing those guys that are picked that high 
place sooner rather than later. It's no more of a year of holding the clipboard because of the way the college game is, because it's a lot of passing at the lower levels of sport. Those guys come in ready to play more so than they were 20 years ago. So I think they're going to pick a quarterback high, and they're probably going to play him early. They're going to play him his rookie year, much like the way they did Eli. Maybe you'll have a veteran player to be a bridge for the first part of the season, but I think you'll see a, a rookie quarterback starting for the New York Giants next season. Now, from from your perspective, let's let's put the player hat back on you. Uh, and that's, if that's what they decide to do and they end up having a rookie quarterback and they have a veteran v- bridge, if you're a guy in that sense, like, a, like an Olivier Vernon or a, J- a JPP, who had the expectation of trying to compete for a Super Bowl this year, and now you're going to see the offensive side of the ball sort of rebuild while you have all these veterans and these talented guys on the defense and who you're paying a lot of money to, how would you take that? Well, guys, I mean, I mean, you probably wouldn't feel great about it, but those guys have their own troubles to worry about because if you look at the way those contracts are structured, the Giants can move on from a lot of those big-money guys on the defensive side of the ball after 2018. So, in a sense, 2018 becomes a contract year for guys like Denoy Sinking, then JTC, and Olivier Vernon. So they have to focus on their own business. But I'll tell you, it would be great to have a strong defense like that in place for a rookie quarterback just so those guys could create field position for them extra possessions, things of that nature. I think it helps to have a really strong defensive unit while you have a quarterback under a controllable salary because that allows that quarterback to be able to develop at his pace and have the support of a strong defense, being able to maintain field position, things of that nature. So I think it's a it's – a, and listen, for the bad season that the Giants had, that draft pick becomes the silver lining because they never thought that they would be in this situation. But here we are. You got a chance to get the success of Eli Manning. The Giants just got to make sure the person that's buying the groceries, because I don't think it'll be Jerry Reese. I don't think it'll be Ben McAdoo. Got to make sure those individuals get it right. Chris, one last question for you as far as your time right now with ESPN Radio. You guys went through a little bit of a transition. Alan Hahn out, um, Dave Rothenberg in. Uh, is there a major difference, A, between the two and uh, a different type of um, atmosphere in the studio? No, both of those guys are great. And uh, Al made the change because it was more of a lifestyle decision. Of course, you know, he works on the MSG post game for the Knicks and, you know, coming into the city during the day to do the show and then leaving the city and coming back to do the Knicks at night during basketball season became a bit much and it was tough on his family situation. So, you know, he wanted to make sure that he had a quality of life. He could be there for his kids uh, and also do his job at the highest level. So he decided that it was probably in his best interest to do nights uh, working on the radio station, Han Solo, when he didn't have the Knicks games. And, and you know, Rothenberg was just a fit because he was there at the station. We already had a rapport with him, had to work with him in the past. Uh, you know, it just made sense. The chemistry was there. Um, so it, it, it made sense on all fronts. And uh, it's been a good decision. The show has been good. Uh, Al's been doing his thing. Of course, I'm a fan. I was tuned into Han Solo a little bit before I jumped on with you guys. So, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a scenario that worked out for everybody. And I guess a quick follow-up question. I still picture, now just like it was with Alan, I still picture the three of you uh, being like the wolf pack in the hangover. If you guys go to Vegas, <laughs> it still ends up being a, a very scary situation. <laughs> it probably would be. It probably would be. But I tell you what, it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Now, now, I asked you this at the uh, the Derek Jeter dinner, and you told me that he was not doing okay. Now, what has Dave been like? Uh, you know what, Dave is numb to it all. Uh, <laughs> he's, looking at, he's looking at this as, you know what, we're going to get a high draft pick if things will be better. 
Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that you didn't think that you would be two and nine through the first twelve weeks of the season, but here we are. Uh, the organization is clearly in a, in a in a state of transition, and so you're moving on from a legend legendary quarterback, uh, arguably the best quarterback in this city's pro football history. That's what we're talking about, and and it's never easy. It's never a good time to do it, but there's a better time than how the Giants did it this week, and, and that's that's been my chief complaint. That's my bone of contention with the Giants. Um, you know, it's just disappointing to see such a classy organization shame itself by handling an iconic player like this. And, Chris, I can't have you on the show without you plugging your foundation. Uh, do you have any events coming up for the holiday? Absolutely, guys. We've got an event coming up next week. It's the ribbon-cutting ceremony for the new play space at PS43 in the South Bronx. Um, this is something that we've been working on the last couple of years. Uh, we broke ground on this project in October and we'll finally be done with it uh, at the end of this week, uh, tomorrow to be finished, and we're going to break. We're going to have the, the ribbon-cutting ceremony for it on Wednesday, December 6th at the school. So the kids in the South Bronx are going to get a special Christmas present from the Chris Kennedy Foundation. We couldn't be more proud of it. It's a $200,000 project that we were able to fully fund through the help of our, our community partners, um, J.P. Morgan Chase and... and, and uh, and uh, Colliers International, they've been great. They've really stepped up for us. and It's been awesome, and, and we couldn't be more proud of the work um, that we've been able to do with the support of, of our donors. So um, really special time right now for the Chris Kennedy Foundation and for those, those kids in Mott Haven. Chris, thanks for giving us a few minutes. I know you've been really busy, and I know this is, you know, because you know Eli, you played with him, you've been through the battles. Uh, I know this has been a little bit of a tough situation for you, so I really do appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. You got it. So a lot to take in there. A lot to take in. We have had somebody patiently on hold. So I, don't, I don't know who this is. Yeah, so. we ha- <laughs> Trooper. Trooper right here, whoever you are. Off topic, backsportspage.com. Who's this? Uh, this is Bert. Uh, Bert Bennett, the D-Man. How are you? Hey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, I, uh, I, it's hard to follow Chris Canty. God, he nailed every, every <laughs> Yeah, you picked a bad <laughs> time. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. and, and the thing is, yeah, I wanted to. He was to such f- a fun guy to watch, too. He, he was such and talk about a big guy. Largest human being This is second. Second. Yeah. Kareem McKenzie's one. Canty's two. You don't understand Howard. how big Canty is until you stand next to him. Yeah, that's I, true. Howard Cross is like that, too. And, you know, and like I was trying to think of. Uh, the giant fan in me was trying to think of every question we can ask him. To, to make sure we cover every perspective of you it. You guys and, crushed it. And thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I think, and same thing with James Cratch earlier in the show, I think the, the hardest thing for for me, and, uh, you know, for uh, Ryan, I'm not going to speak for Ryan here, but the hardest thing for me was to keep my emotions out of all of this because I am a very big Giants fan and been lucky enough to cover the team now for the last four or five years. And so I've had to keep that, that line of professionalism and fandom keep it there and when I heard all this and this is the first time I really get to speak about it so I appreciate you calling in and I would love for you to react I I, I tried to not go crazy on social media about it with how I felt because I wanted to try I wanted Mara to speak for himself I wanted to hear what McAdoo had to say the only person we haven't heard from was Jerry Reese but Jerry Reese is just going to echo everything that everybody else said anyway because that's what he does he's a puppet so with that being said after talking with some of the people today and I'm talking you know speaking with you too Eli has meant a lot to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And for the Giant fan base, I feel like for a lot of, 
you know, people like Ryan, who who's a lot younger than I am, grew up and this is what they knew for Giants football. And it's a shame right. that this has happened. So what was your initial reaction when you heard what happened with Eli? Um, it, it, it was utter shock. Um, I got it over the uh, Giants app on my phone, and the first thing I did was post on social media as the question, is this for real? Uh, and obviously social media blew up, and, and then, you know, I'm, I'm turning on to sports radio, and the first thing I hear is Mike Francesa completely loses mind. Um, and, and, and valid, you know, with valid points. Um, but, I mean, my, my reaction is still disbelief, and I've been watching the Giants for 43 years season tickets, and I've watched Eli warm up in front of my seats in both stadiums my whole life. So, well, his, you know, for his career. And to see him being treated in such a not-Giants way, and I've made a point of saying the Giants way doesn't mean anything anymore, and it all started with showing Coughlin the door the way they did unceremoniously, that uh, the outrage, I honestly believe that John Mara, Jerry Reese, and uh, did not anticipate the uh, venom and the veracity of the p- backlash that hit them. Now, the one um, thing. Oh, sorry, keep going. No, no. And, and, you know, the one thing I will say is I honestly believe that there's a lot more that we don't know about in the dynamic between Reese McAdoo and John Mara. The timing I find curious simply because he was out of the building and an away game was the, is the next game that we would see Geno Smith. Uh, if this was a home game this week, I it would be catastrophic as far as like Chris said uh, you know there's going to be a lot of Dallas jerseys next week but if it was this week I would tell you that 70% of, of, of the fans inside MetLife Stadium would be the opposing team's fans and I also feel too that the crowd is going to chant for Eli and, and I don't they're not like totally callous people as far as like you know obviously they botched this the Giants management botched this John Mara botched this he should have been the one who's doing this not Ben McAdoo Ben McAdoo is not the guy who should be talking to anybody these days Um, and as well as Jerry Reese um, I I think if if he wants to have the New York ending that I think he deserves he should be starting against Washington the last game of the season yeah Ralph Vecchione wrote a really nice article exactly pointing that out yeah, I I think, I think the people, the media as mu- as tough as the media is, uh, in New York, and I, I'm just telling you from the, from the people who I've dealt with, and they're all very nice people, but they have a job to do also. There's not one person who can say bad things about Eli Manning, and Eli Manning, you know, if he's not playing well, he stepped up to the fact that he doesn't play well. But he, this, he deserves to have that Jeter-like ending, to just you know, throw the game-winning touchdown against the Redskins. And just you know, and ha- be able to get the cheering, f- the cheering fans right to off into the sunset. Right yeah. off to the sunset, because there's not a doubt in my mind he's going to get released at the end of the season, and he's going to end up in Jacksonville next year with Tom Coughlin. I, you know, I'm in a complete agreement, and I think Tom Coughlin, you know, he spoke volumes in his one message where he spent, you know, what he said about Eli, um, you know, being a humble, fine young man, and you know, so everything you'd want to be, and having a son, like when it, what he said that on his farewell address. Um, but you're absolutely right. The Giants botched this. And if we look at operationally, you want to go and draft the heir apparent. Green Bay did it with Brett Favre. Uh, who better to sit behind than Eli Manning? It's one thing to learn on the field. But to be able to handle the New York media machine and off the field in New York, there would have been no better teacher, no better tutor than Eli to teach the next guy. And this is a resource that they've completely thrown out the window. And I find that more troubling 
looking, you know, past this, accepting the fact that Eli most likely will be wearing a Jacksonville jersey next year. But the fact that we had the opportunity to have a guy sit for a season or two behind Eli, let him play out his contract, and actually teach him how to be a quarterback in New York. And that's what he's doing for Davis Webb right now. Davis has, you know, yeah. they were at practice yesterday, and Davis and Eli were the only two in the cafeteria working. It's a shame that it's it's come to this in that sense, and I feel really bad for Eli because this is this is his dream, and this is the way he you know he has built his legacy here. Um, Giants fans have been tough on him at times. There's times where he deserves the criticism. There's been times where he doesn't deserve the criticism. But I will say, over the last few seasons, it's not his fault that the offensive line was just not that good. It's, well, that just segues into my other my other you know issue is that whoever you bring in, whether they start Webb next year or Gino won't be here. But even through the last five games, the same issues that plagued a two-time Super Bowl MVP quarterback is now going to be the issues of quarterbacks that haven't taken those snaps. They're going to be facing the offensive line. They're going to be facing they're going to be facing a pass rush that can't be blocked. They're going to have not an effective run game, and they're going to have practice squad wide receivers that have trouble catching the ball, running routes, and, and reading a hot read when the quarterback's in trouble. So I don't know what they seem, and Chris Canty said the same thing, what they think they're going to be able to evaluate. Just like I don't know how the first, you know, eleven uh, games you can evaluate Eli on this season either. Well, the other problem with that too is Roger Lewis Jr. Uh, I've said this multiple times, Ryan can attest it. I've said that multiple times in the show today. But Roger Lewis Jr., Trevor Tavares King, and Travis uh, Rudolph are not Odell Beckham, Brandon Marshall, and Sterling Shepard. And that's been You're absolutely a, right. That's a very, very good point that you brought out too. And the offensive line uh, again is just another issue. But now also a lot of the tension is also going to turn during the offseason to the defense because if you're going to go in full rebuilding mode like we were talking about with Chris, you guys you have guys like Casillas, you have guys like Kennard, you have guys like JT Thomas, you have other guys on the defense who have to start making decisions about their contract. Those three who I just mentioned, their contracts are up. They're unrestricted free agents. I think you'll right. keep I think you'll keep Casillas on the cheap. I don't think he's going to want to go anywhere. He's told me personally he doesn't want to go anywhere, but it's going to be how how much of a discount he's going to be willing to take. Um, JT Thomas, I think his football career is over unless he's going to go to the CF- CFL because he hasn't been healthy the, all the years he's been here. Kennard, mm-hmm. Kennard is, Kennard's a good locker room guy, but what's his price tag? Then you have to start looking again at Justin Pugh. Are you going to franchise tag him or are you going to let him go? You know, it just, it's, There's going to be a whole bunch of different questions. Well, and, you're also going to have Weston Richburg on the block, Odell Beckham right behind him. So, you know, we're, you know you're right. There's going to be some really hard questions that need to be answered as far as personnel and we don't even know who the guy is that's going to be making those calls. Yeah, and I, I still have that if this decision with Coughlin would have happened maybe a couple years beforehand, I still would have been petitioning for Bill Cower. But I also think that Bill Cower was coaching in a different generation, whereas this is not the same NFL it was when he was here and when he was being successful. As much as he wants this job, it's not he's not the right guy for this job. He needs to ha- they need to find a coach who's going to be able to relate to these players because McAdoo obviously was not the guy. McAdoo um, his reputation got tarnished when he refused to uh, discipline Odell Beckham Jr. and decided to discipline two other players that didn't deserve that discipline. Yeah, that's always been an issue with me with him, especially the way he's called out Eli Manning publicly and uh, knowing full well that there were players on the field on game day that were dogging it or weren't playing up to their full potential. But Eli Manning was called out because uh, I spent delay a game call out. It always got me where Ben McAdoo didn't even call in the play until there was 15 seconds left on the, uh, on the play clock. And, of course, he calls Eli sloppy quarterback play in the postgame presser. So, right. 
Right, but then you also have other players. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but you also have other players like Eli Apple who are calling out management and, and the coaching staff by sitting there saying, we need to change the culture. We need to change the culture. And everyone's sitting there saying to Eli Apple, what are you talking about? Because the, this is, you know, the Giants' culture is this. As if he's one to talk about he's, culture. Well, he, well, yeah. well, he's but, been in the league for 12 minutes. Right, but the thing is, though, you have His to. His mom would tweet about it. Well, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's also another point with that, too, though, is he's seeing something from the locker room that he's bringing to the forefront, which probably nobody wants to talk about. Guys like Damon Harrison and Olivia Vernon and JPP, who are supposed to be the quote-unquote leaders of this defense, should be telling Eli Apple, you're not the one who should be talking about the you know the culture around here. Let us take care of that, and if we want to complain to the media to try to get a message to the coaching staff, let us do it. There's a whole bunch of different moving pieces now in this Giants locker room, and yeah. and, and that's the part, like, I'm be very interested to see when I go into OTAs and training camp next year when I start going down there what it's going to be like and what am I going to be seeing and who am I going to be seeing because I guarantee you I think maybe 40% of the, I want to say 40 to 50% of this team will be gone next season I, you know what I, I thought it would, would, wouldn't be that high but I, I can't disagree with you but there is going to be a complete turnover I mean, they're going to blow this up and, and of course if you're going to do that to Eli Manning there's nobody that's safe at this point right and, um, Ma- and Mara said in his press conference yesterday when uh, when they were asked about uh, McAdoo and Jerry Reese, you know, are they coming there? He says, uh, you know, we have, we're going to reevaluate everybody. And we know that you, we all know that there's changes that are going to be made. So right there, he's already making that comment of these guys are probably going to be gone. So my question to everybody is, why are they doing the ones being the, the evaluators when they're not going to be the ones who are going to be making these decisions? You know what? That yeah, and I agree with that completely. And and you know, again, the dysfunction that has seemed to creep in, into the Giants' way. You know, to reiterate what I said, the Giants' way doesn't carry as much weight as it did previously with me. Um, you know, but again, it goes back to my fear. I grew up in the '70s with really bad football. I grew up with a, a revolving door of Joe Pasarczyk and Norm Smead <laughs> and Jerry Goldstein, and you know, and there's where the fear comes in. Dave Brown comes in. Phil Simms gets cut by Reeves in June of '94. And we watched Dave Brown bust. Yep, I remember that. You know, and then they stick in uh, Danny Cannell, who's a really good guy, but he was a fourth-round draft pick out of Florida State. He's the savior. God, that sounds awfully familiar, too. And, you then, know. and then Kent Graham. <laughs> and then Kent Graham, yeah, 10th-round draft pick. I forgot where he was out of. Uh, and, you know, if we didn't find Kerry Collins off the trash heap and Fassel fix him for what, you know, we would have had, you know, even more bad football. But this it just only goes to show the unceremonious departure of Eli Manning, the way he's being treated by the organization. Look back at the legacy that in my lifetime of 43 years, I've only seen two true franchise quarterbacks. Yep, that's true. Two true ones. And I've seen 18 of them play, start with the New York Giants. So four decades of watching the New York Giants, and I've only seen two win Super Bowl. Well, I'll give Haas credit on that, but that was a hell of a season since had before he got hurt. But I only choose two franchise quarterbacks. They're not. There isn't a franchise quarterback tree behind 1925 Giants drive. Okay, fans have to come to the realization of that. A lot of the younger fans need to. You know, well, we'll just get another guy. It doesn't work that way. You know, a championship quarter franchise quarterback is rare and special. And which you know, I still believe Eli has some something left in the tank, and the supporting cast let him down. Um, and I think that's you know, if he goes and wins someplace else. I don't want to be the guy who said I told you so, but I am going to say I told you so. Well, here's a question for you: um, Are you going to be at any of these last three three home games, three four home yeah, games? Yeah, I'll be there. Oh. I, I don't miss games. You know, I live in the Hamptons, and I go. My brother-in-law and I travel two and a half hours every Sunday for home games. We don't miss games. 
So you, I'll be there. Am I going to be happy about it? Probably not. But I'm going to be there wearing my number ten jersey against Dallas. You know, I'm going to be wearing, and so I'm going to be showing my support for my quarterback and also for my team. You know, it's like I, I equate it to being like mad at your sibling. You love them, but they do some things that you that you get angry with, and you hate you hate them for the moment of for it. This is where I'm at with them. But I'm 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 going to be a Giants fan for the rest of my life. My kids are. I'm a third generation Giants fan. My season tickets go back to the fifty. So I'm I'm definitely going to be there. Am I, but it's going to be an emotional time. You know, watching Eli come off the field the last time against Washington, and I'm hoping that they do the classy thing and allow him to take his bow. And I think they will. I think, if anything, for the backlash reason, um, you know, Ryan Stern, who was here before, brought up the very valid question to uh, James Cratch: is if it goes really bad in Oakland, does, in your opinion as a fan, does McAdoo make it to the Cowboy game? Well, interestingly enough, John Mara opened that door this week, right? Yeah, I mean, you heard that too. Yeah, I was. I he read opened, the quote too. I read that quote. He opened that door because three weeks ago, that was no, we will evaluate at the end of the season. And uh, that's a direct representation of how this was handled and the backlash that ensued. If that's the case, I if they if if Geno throws three interceptions in the first half, which is not out of the realm of possibility, the guy can't read a defense to save his life if we watch his Jets tape. So it is to me a distinct possibility if players quit on that field that this Sunday that I don't think Ben McAdoo makes it to the Dallas game. And I think you're going to either look at Mike Sullivan or Spagnolo as the interim coach. Probably more Spagnolo because he's had some head coaching experience. And Spagnolo's quote was interesting today when they asked him about Eli. He put his hand over his heart. So, you know, then comes, the, you know, are we going to keep evaluating Webb? You know, is Eli going to get back into the lineup? And the Giants want to make it right by him. So there's so many different undertones and dramas underneath that, you know, have to come to the surface. I don't think Ben McAdoo makes it out of week into week sixteen. That's just my personal opinion. Well, listen, I thank you very much for giving us a call and hanging out with us on on air for a little bit. Uh, sadly, Bear Basco um, just messaged me and told me he was not going to oh, be able no, to make it. Oh no, you got to talk to Bear. Bear is awesome. Well, Bear Bear uh, Bear just had to cancel on us, which was a little bit of a shame because we were looking forward to having him on. But uh, listen, we appreciate you calling in and uh, hanging out with us for a few minutes. It was really good. I appreciate it too, guys. And uh, you know, please, you know, don't be a stranger. Yep, go big blue. You got it. I like when fans call. It's awesome. <laughs> so we, we there was a lot digested from everything that we've done today, and I guess we should close out now the last few minutes or just on how we feel about the whole entire situation. This was one of the few times I pretty much dedicated the whole show to one topic. Yeah, it's rare. Because I, this us- is a, this, I usually just jump around. When was the last time that in New York we had a story like this? I don't think it's unprecedented. Jeter? Well, no, because this is unprecedented. This is unprecedented where you've seen management screw something up. Uh, and it's, uh, an organization that's In terms of the, popularity, I mean. I, I think it's popularity, yes, yeah, definitely Jeter. But I think um, I, I think from an organization— This is worse than the Knicks. No, no, no. Nothing is as bad as having one of your favorite fan favorite players escorted out of the building and arrested. Come on, let's. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so I, did I'm you know Charles Oakley did get one right in as the New York City mayor? By the way, <laughs> Aaron Judge got ten. Porzingis got nine. I think <laughs> I read the whole list. It was You're not going to let me get through this sentence. I know. I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. I'll let you um, kick it off. I'll, I'll give your final thoughts on the whole entire situation. Well, I mean, I, I like what. Chris Canty said, I think there are a lot of reasons why people think Eli should be benched. People do want to see what they have in Geno and Webb. Chris Canty was blunt. He was fair. He was honest. He said that there's 
he said he sees nothing in Geno. He said he sees nothing in Davis Webb. So why are you benching Eli? Some people will disagree with that. Some people will agree with that. That's Chris Canty's mindset. And another thing that Chris Canty said is that if the Giants, assuming they go quarterback in this draft, Eli's gone. So, and honestly, as I said, right when the show started, is Davis Webb going to do something miraculous where you don't pick a quarterback in the draft? The answer is no. No matter what, Davis Webb can do what, remember when Matt Flynn through like six touchdowns a, 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 <laughs> the, before the Giant game and everyone said, oh, how are the Giants going to beat Aaron Rodgers if Matt Flynn's throwing six touchdowns? But aside the point, Davis Webb, he's not going to give you anything in five games where you say, wow, Davis Webb is the guy. Davis Webb was the guy if the Giants didn't go 2-9 and nine this year. I think that the Giants were willing to sacrifice Eli getting up there in age because the Giants were a win-now team. The Giants were ready to win a Super Bowl. That's why they got Olivier Vernon. That's why they re-signed JPP. That's why they got Janoris Jenkins. That's why they got Evan Ingram. That's why they re-bolstered this, this team. They went in 11-5 last year, and whether or not you think it's a fluke, they went in 11-5 last year. And what was the conversation heading into this season? The Giants are going to the playoffs. They might win a Super Bowl. If not this year, if not next year, there was probably a three- or four-year window for that Super Bowl. And that's why they got Davis Webb in the third round, because they said, hey, you know what? We don't think this guy is the future, but we think we have a couple of years left with Eli Manning. Well, you know what? You don't even have a couple of games left with Eli Manning at this point. I don't think you have anything right now with Eli Manning. But, but exa- exactly the point. So you're not going to make Davis Webb the guy who stops you from getting a quarterback. I mean, if the Giants went... 10 and 6 as a lot of people thought and we're making the playoffs then yes you do what you you want to see what you have in Davis Webb but what honestly Chris Caney convinced me that overall it was a stupid decision and like I said before Geno Smith did not succeed with a lack of weapons with the Jets he's not going to do it with the Giants and again uh, Ryan said it before Eli would not be benched if Odell and Brandon Marshall are healthy because they're probably not 2 and 9 in that situation I do think that Gino would do better with better talent around him, but he doesn't have better talent around him. We know what Gino is without talent, and Davis Webb is probably the same thing, considering he hasn't seen a snap aside from practice since the preseason. So overall, if you want to... You can give us the fact that you want to evaluate players, and that's fine, I totally understand. But I want an answer, what do you have to evaluate? And honestly, the answer is nothing. That's my. I want to end on that. Okay. You can end the show. Okay. That's my final. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because I'll take the last three minutes of the show to just state my opinion. Um, like I said in the beginning of the show, if you were listening, I have not gone on social media. I have not really stated my opinion on how I feel about this. Mostly because a, I knew that I had a bigger platform to talk about this, um, and I'm going to be a little selfish and make this moment about me because. Look, at the end of the day, I've seen Eli Manning from a rookie all the way up until now. And uh, as much as I'm a basketball guy and an NBA guy, and I've been covering the Giants for the last six years, Eli Manning was, to me, was one of the, been one of the few constants in my life. And it was one of those things where I've seen him grow up to be, um, at times, be the guy who makes you want to pull your hair out as a Giant fan. I've also seen him at times be the guy 
who you almost want to just like go on the field and celebrate with him because you love what he did and what he's brought to New York City and is also brought to this Giants franchise. What they're doing to him is unfair. What they're doing is, um, it just seems like the left foot doesn't know what the right foot is doing upstairs in the management office. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with Ben McAdoo and a lot of it has to do with Jerry Reese trying to save their own job. I think Mara has to also under uh, Mara also understands that at the age of 36, you don't know how you don't know how many years Eli really has left in him. So I'm I'm trying to rationalize every avenue of this before I made a comment. The, the, the thing is, though, I do agree with Chris Canty. I do agree with James Cratch. I do agree with uh, Bert, who called before. I agree with what you were saying. I can, and there's no right or wrong answer in this situation. I think you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But the one thing we can say is Eli Manning, the player and the person, is one of the most classiest person people that we're ever going to see in sports. We rank him up there with Derek Jeter. He's never gotten really in any trouble. He has always been the guy. He's been the constant. I think that's the word you have to describe him with. Besides consistency, as far as being there, he is the constant as far as the New York Giants is concerned. On Sunday, it is going to be very weird seeing somebody else during a regular season game take a snap for the New York football Giants. Um, And I feel that Giants fans have the right to feel that venom towards management right now. I think Ben McAdoo, in in, in, in hindsight, was the wrong hire for this team. Knowing the facts that we know now as far as the record that the teams had that they beat last year, knowing that this was Tom Coughlin's team that Ben McAdoo had success with, it was a mistake that the Giants made, and McAdoo is an inexperienced coach who's trying to save his own behind. He had lost the team after week four, week four or five, and making suspensions on Janoris Jenkins and DRC, who are very popular in the locker room, with his with the fellow players, I do believe the report that he lost the locker room uh, earlier in the year, and now the way you treat Eli Manning, I find it very very difficult for seeing him getting a head coaching job anytime soon. He might be a great offensive coordinator, but as far as head coach, he's not the right guy. And as far as Eli Manning is concerned, I think the the outcry for him should say enough about his character and the fact that he's still be going in there being professionals to say enough about his character. But as one as the media member and a member of the Giants fan base and Giants nation, the only thing I can say to Eli is if this is your last couple days with the Giants or the last couple weeks with the Giants, in case I don't have the opportunity to say to you in person when I see you in the locker room, thank you. Off Topic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Off Topic BSB. You can find Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Mork. Uh, Ryan Mork, I was about to say Ryan Mork.com. You can follow us on BackSportsPage.com. At BackSportsPage, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RandyBSP. Thank you, WRPR. Thank you, Rampo College, for letting us be up here broadcasting. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Only two episodes left, and then we're going to take a little holiday break. Otherwise, follow us at uh, BackSportsPage.com. Thank you, Ryan Mork. Thank you, Ryan Stern. James Cratch. Chris Canty. Uh, Bert for calling in also talking with us. Eric Webb, as always. We'll see you guys next week for Off Topic.
girl. 